If you have it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't have it. If you have it, you need more of it. If you have more of it, you don't need less of it. You need it to get it. And you certainly need it to get more of it. But if you don't already have any of it to begin with, you can't get any of it to get started, which means you really have no idea how to get it in the first place, do you? You can share it, sure. You can even stockpile it if you'd like. But you can't fake it. Wanting it, needing it, wishing for it. The point is, if you've never had any of it, ever, people just seem to know. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. And today we're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff. Oh, Namely, yeah. Bruce Campbell. Yes! The question... No, no, no. you got to realize something. Everybody in the world thinks they're hilarious. Because when we put out, hey, we're going to do a Bruce Campbell show. Everyone just was basically had the question, so uh, is Sam going to have our time doing a six degrees? Yeah, that's really funny. But I took care of that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I'm doing a six degrees to Shia LaBeouf. I'm just kidding. Uh, I didn't do uh, any six. What? <laughs> I didn't do any six degrees for this. I mean, uh, it's just you know, easy. we needed to give Sam a week off. He's yeah. been busy. You know, you look a little rat. Not really. You look handsome. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <you're... laughs> anyway, so uh, God, I've, had a, I've had a really crappy week, man. Have you really? Yeah. I've been... Well, uh, here's the thing. I've been watching movies until 3 a.m. every single night. Huh. And then I, it's been a really busy week at work. Uh-huh. There's just been a lot of shit going on. Man. That, so it's just like, I'm glad that we're here doing this. Well, we haven't talked as much this week, as, like in between no. podcasts as we usually do. So I was suspecting that it's been busy for me too. But. Well, we went fishing. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. I dominated yeah, everyone. Yeah, you did. You know what's funny about, you know, and, and I was actually chatting with Dave of uh, the Cheap and Dirty Podcast mm-hmm. about this today. It was like. Yeah, we went we went fishing. Uh, telling him how we went fishing. What was it? Saturday was it Friday? Friday. It was Friday. And um, how you just talk shit the whole oh, time yeah. to my brother and all this other stuff. You didn't catch a damn no. thing. I had one bite right when we got there, yep. and that was it. I know. I was pissed. I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to bite that quick. I'm gonna yep. hurry and switch my yep. what I'm using here. Well, to my credit, who we're talking about when Mike says his brother is Jeff from the first episode in the third episode i think of the podcast i don't remember anyways so i want to just state for the record that i was correct because i said i want to predict right now that jeff will not catch a fish today and he didn't catch and a he fish. did not catch a fish now i talked shit about my bait that it was the bomb right and i didn't catch one either but i was still correct in my no 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 and, and that's all that matters yes Sam, I was right. is your correctness thank you uh has nothing to do that you will talk shit anytime place or whatever the situation <laughs> Also, I want to talk about something today, about the music we're going to play. Sweet. Black metal. Sweet. Do you know that, actually, you know, this popped in my head, uh, next episode's going to be our one-year episode. That's awesome. Can you believe that crap? No. Can you believe that people still listen to us? No. <laughs> Besides me and you? I can't. You know what? When we started, we got about five or six episodes in. Yeah. Actually, it was probably about the six. That's when we went off on our own, really. Uh-huh. 
I was thinking, there's how do people do that many episodes and still have stuff to talk about? Like, oh, I, yeah. I am not. I guarantee that I am not going to be funny like ten episodes down the road. Well, and but that they, came out to be true. It, it was true, but <laughs> we're still here. Well, was, yeah. I mean, we're funny to each other. Yeah, we tickle each other. You know fancy. what's funny is is talking about i uh, about this. We got an iTunes review about I can't remember exactly what it was. It was hilarious. It said something like. Uh, for all the dirty joke, latently homosexual banter, all you can handle. These guys are great. <laughs> so, That's great. Oh, man. You know, you, you set a goal for that, and it's good to know that we finally reached it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kings of the mountain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Sam. I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, no. Why do you do this when we turn on the microphones? <laughs> no, no. This is a fake bone to pick. Oh, oh. Uh, you got your first examiner article, man. Oh, I did, And you yes. didn't put any links on the site or anything I like did, that. You did on the forum. I did on the forum, but I did not on the site. So I will go back well, and Well, I'll tell you that. what. In in, uh, in the next couple of days, I will make sure to put up a link. And you put up a story on the front because we need to get people out there... You you did you did uh, what the, yeah, the strain I did I did the strain and I kind of already did a review on that because I was so impressed with the book on the site but I didn't you know I did that for plus my you didn't have to read an extra book to do an article is yeah, that that's what I nice. was going for well and I've, um, I I thanks to to Stephen from the the uh, J M F M P I I've been reading the uh, Harry Dresden files oh yeah dude that's gonna be my next review those books are great really yeah. I've got those. Well, I've got the audio. That's what I'm listening to. Oh, you have the audio. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're really good. Really good books. Cool. I have to check those out. Mm-hmm. Of course, there goes more podcast listening time. I know. That's the only problem. Now that I've had to pick up books and watch movies, dude, my time has gone. Whatever spare time I had to do certain things is now gone. You know what that reminds me of? Last episode, we talked for probably 20 minutes that we completely cut out because mm-hmm. the episode would have been over three hours long. Mm-hmm. But really quickly, I just want to mention, I've been listening to Fetidus by James Durham. I won't go into it as much as I did, man. I went off. It was a love fest between me and him that he didn't have any clue was going on. Yeah. But uh, everybody go visit Fetidus.org. God, it's great stuff. And I that's all I'll say about it. Go do it. It's it's one of the it's one of the best uh, free audiobooks out there right now. Mm. It's it's funny because he doesn't just read it. It's it's almost it's it's half an audio drama, half an audio book, mm-hmm. but uh, it's all great. Okay, and I also want to throw out some uh, thank yous for the uh, for the music choices today. Mm. I, I threw it out there on Twitter. And I got a bunch of uh, people responding, like James of the Drive, Blood Podcast, Fubar, Slipknot, Bajornar, which uh, he said he didn't care what it was as long as it was from Norway. You slimy bastard. <laughs> Uncle Randy and uh, Johnny, who we got a voicemail from today. We should kind of get into what we're going to talk about today. Here, here's what I do. I, I've been kind of bummed out this week, as you know. And we said last week that we weren't going to talk about this anymore. But damn it, I feel terrible. And I just want to get this out there. I know that I'm 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 not going to be making any friends by saying any of this stuff, but I feel like to make myself feel better. And this is all this is all about me, man. This, you know, that's why I, we I, do it. I, I, I'm doing this so I feel better. I'm not doing this to make friends to kiss anybody's ass or anything like that. But this whole thing that the douche cast has had going on with the Midnight Horror Show, I just want to say publicly, and I want to apologize to those guys. Because even though I didn't say anything, really, and even though I, d- I wasn't really the, you know, whatever, I'm not going to say. I, I am not, I do not feel like I should be held blameless. Because I did not do anything to stop it. I did not do anything to, 
you know, I, I just kind of sat back and, and kind of let it happen. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that I, like I said, I, there were things that could happen. I could have stood up. I could have said, don't do this. I think it's a bad idea. I thought it was, I thought it was funny, you know, but I didn't think it, I thought it was stupid. I didn't, I just feel a lot of negativity coming from it. And since I'm all like new age guy, right? I got to get rid of that negative energy, man. And it's kind of been weighing down on me the last little while. And it's, you know, I'll feel good about it. And I know this is stupid because this is a dumb hobby. And it's really not that important in the in the greater scheme of things. I know that the douches are probably going to want to kiss, kiss, kick my ass for this. But I just want to go out and say I apologize to Danny and Lucas and Dr. Dark for all that stuff. And mostly just because it happened and... It should never have happened. And the funny thing is, is it started because of, uh, this is kind of makes me feel bad too. Danny went on, or not Danny, uh, Lucas went off on a, me on something else, you know, just talking a little bit of shit. Not, not really that bad. And it really didn't bother me. In fact, I didn't even really hear about it because I've been listening to so many audio books. I didn't hear about what happened until, until, uh, after it kind of gotten blown up, you know, past what I thought it was worth. It didn't bother me that bad. We've had, I mean, we've had tiffs with these guys before. And they're, I mean, typically they're just funny and, you know, we get over it. But I think it just kind of spiraled out of control. I don't want to keep going off here. I didn't do anything to stop it. I didn't, you know, whatever. So I didn't get into this to be, to, to be negative, to have negative feelings. Am I a dumbass? I mean, no, I, I'm looking, no, I'm looking I, for a little bit of, I, you know, and honestly, I, Danny and Lucas know. You know how I feel, and I, and most of the douches know how I feel too. But it's just it's all gone be, behind the scenes, and then we have all of our listeners and people who aren't involved that, that don't really know what's going on. And I'm a dickhead, and I should have I should have said something, I should have done something, and I didn't do it, so I apologize to both to both parties. Well, yeah. and I don't I don't think you're I I don't think so at all. I think you said it exactly perfect. Oh, and I don't want to make too big a deal or like I'm this great guy because I'm not. You know, I'm just I'm just saying for for my own well being, man. I don't want my karma to get a kick in the nuts. <laughs> well, let, let me just say something about it because I've just kind of been staying away from it just because I'm like, listen, I don't want to get involved. But I, I look at it as you and I started this podcast because we thought it was fun. Absolutely. That's, and that's it. And we, don't, we're, we are not pissing on fire hydrants to mark any territory, right. period. It, it, you know, if people say stuff about us on other podcasts, fine. You know, it, it, whatever. It, it doesn't matter because we have so much fun watching the movies yeah. and then talking about it. That's what we, that's what we do. And, and the thing is, is they people can say whatever they want to say. People can do whatever they want to do. It's been fun, you know, going back and forth a little bit. But when you when it got when it goes as far as it has, it has gone now. And I don't I don't want to like say tell everybody why because then there's something right now that's out there that that I'm feeling kind of really bad about. But uh, I, it's just went, it's just gone too far. It, bad things were said on both ends to kind of fuel the fire. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I love all you guys, every one of you douches, and all you guys from the Midnight Horror Show. And I, Listen, d- I just want to be happy, and, and I just want to have fun. If we could know? do a sex pizza with everybody, I'd do it. I would. Uh, could I be the uh, two liter of Diet Coke that never actually gets in the pizza? Please. I, I want to be the crazy sauce. That's what I want to be. <laughs> you would too. <laughs> Anyways, you know that, and that's all I want to say about it. I know. I hope nobody's thinking I'm being over dramatic. I just don't want to be involved in something that's going to be this negative all the time. I'm. I'm kind of done with it. I. I and I. And I'm not pissed off at anybody. 
I'm mm. just tired of feeling these bad feelings. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I'm done. Sweet, dude. You feel better? I actually kind of do. Do you know what will uh, make us all feel better? Some black metal. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do one, then we'll get into voicemails, and all we'll right. do the show. All right. Yeah. 
This tribute goes out to all you one-up guys out there. We say all hail to you for always being one step ahead of us regular Joes. Whether it's the fish you caught, the girl you made out with, or the work you do, it's amazing that no one is ever there to corroborate your story. But not to worry, Mr. Swollen Sack. We see through that tough exterior and into your bright pink panties. Somewhere along the line, someone called you a wannabe, and you decided you were a gonna-be. We know you compensate for the size of your member, but we still love you, because who else could we make fun of when you weren't around? It takes a big man and creative genius to take 99% of someone's story and say, Me too, plus one. So keep petting yourself while your mouth is moving, because we all believe everything you say. That is, until your ugly girlfriend shows up, or your boss calls to rail you while we're at lunch. So just remember one thing, Baron of Bullshit. You may have better stories, but we all have better lives. Hi, this is Steve. I was just calling to let you know that I love your show, and I want to give you an idea for a category in your funniest award show. How about the shot of a best, the best shot of like an ass? I love those scenes in shows. Like um, in True Blood, you get to see that cute old vampire's ass. Oh, you know, what's his name? He like comes out of the ground and grabs her and he's all dirty. It's got lots of soil on him. And he just gives it to her, pumps her. And you get to see his full moon right there. I love it. <laughs> oh, anyways, uh, keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear more about Friday the 13th. Oh. oh, gosh, I love your show. And uh, Fozzie, get a clue. Wow, he's pulling out some old school stuff. Fozzie? Yeah, jeez, it's yeah, been a nice. while. You know what? I, I thought won- I had groomed my voice enough that I got away from that. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that one was like he heard from one of the old episodes or if he was just heard like the latest one and said, just said that's damn, Fozzie. that guy that guy sounds like Fozzie. I wouldn't doubt it. Waka, waka, waka. You know what the funny thing is, is I forgot about the categories for our one-year episode. I, I forgot that that's what we were planning on doing. You know, there's two weeks now in between. There's a lot of stuff that there goes on, man. It's amazing how long ago that seems. That, that, that's a great entry. Mm-hmm. We should put that one down, best butt. I'm going to leave you up to that to come what? up with the, with the nominees. I'm not good at that. Listen, you come up with the mammary count. It's only fair that you come up with the butt count. Well, how am I going to know? You know what's funny is I, I can't even really think of any movies. I mean, there have been a ton of movies come out. I don't. I could not tell you two or three movies, except for that True Blood. I knew what he was talking about there. I can't tell you what what butts were in. I, I don't either. I don't, I'm not even paying attention to that. Whatever. But serious. Not, not, whatever, not to remember. Not not whatever to you, not looking at butts, whatever to, uh, yeah. So uh, maybe we need to get some nominees sent in. So, uh, Steve, why don't you send us in some nominees? Yeah, please send nominees because, with your... I mean, and, and, I, and I don't want to sound like a douche, but that's not something I'm going to go and research. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if that's something I'm going to want to go back and scour through all the movies that came out in the last year just to find out what the best butt is. Hey, what's up, Mike and Sam? This is Richard from Michigan. I discovered your podcast a couple months ago, and I've listened to all the back episodes up until your Fulci Lo- Lives episode, and that's what I'm calling about. I'll get into that in just a second. First of all, I want to kiss you guys' asses so you'll play this on your next podcast. I think you guys are hilarious. 
You play off each other so well, and your senses of humor are twisted as fuck. Right up my alley. Let me get to the reason I'm calling. Both of you, especially Sam, seem to revel in comparing everything to your junk. Listening to the Fulci episode, I just couldn't believe you missed the chance to go off on penis jokes. Especially you, Sam. I'm really disappointed. You need to step up your game. All right, here it is. One hour and 30 minutes into the cast, you start on your synopsis of Zombie 2. I'm not making any of this shit up or exaggerating. Check it for yourself, and then both of you get a huge kick in the balls. First of all, the actors' names were introduced first. Richard Johnson. My name is Richard, and I've been called Dick on more than one occasion. I can't imagine being Dick Johnson. All right, secondly, there's Hugo Bologna, or Huge Baloney, as his friends call him. And Bowles is the female lead. And one of the characters is Peter West. Uh, with modern plastic surgery, you get that fucker pointing in the right direction, by the way. You missed all of this, but this is not the real tragedy. From here on out, I am quoting you verbatim, Mike. You were referring to the island the characters were venturing to. The island of Matul. I am just repeating what you said, Mike. Here goes. Brian Hall and Susan Barrett, character names, were hired to help him find Matul. Matul is a cursed place. When the characters reach Matul, it seems to come alive. On Matul, Dr. David Menard is hard at work. Matul, Matul, how could you have missed that? All right, let me add. Matul is awe-inspiring. Matul is covered in exotic foliage. Matul is expansive. Matul is sometimes walked on by pygmies. All right, guys. Love your work. See ya. Richard, that has to be one of the most <laughs> well-thought-out email or voicemails I have ever heard. And how embarrassing there that we missed There is no it. excuse for why we did that. You know, the funny thing is, is I was coming up with this. I'm like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say to Richard. Uh, you know... We, being the professional podcasters that we are, we don't stoop. We, we, you know, we, we don't need to take things that are given to us. We need to dig deep and search. You know, and those are just too... But no. No. Because he searched long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he got some good ones, dude. dude. You know, oh, I was man. ready to That's... come... When he's like, you guys, you know, you talk, Sam needs to hit more wiener jokes. I was going to say something like, yeah, but we got to keep it under an NC-17 rating or whatever. <laughs> But, dude, that was Not hilarious. one thing he said. Listen, if you took anything he said, I mean, let's say he just, said, he just uh, you know, talked about it, whatever. Only if you have a dirty mind did any of those things really mean dick. Anyway. That is great. That, that, that was, uh, we appreciate voicemails like that. I don't think that anybody has ever uh, taken wiener jokes to that level of intellectual. No. Intellectuality. See, I'm not intellectual enough to even say that damn that word, is, right? That is, that is awesome. I'm in awe of my tool. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. We're dropping off like flies here. Hey, guys, it's Johnny from Oklahoma. I wanted to start off by saying I do not get a boner from car damage. Just wanted to say that right out the gate. Um, you guys in the last episode talked about Crash. I've never seen that movie. It's probably one of the only Cronenberg movies I haven't seen. But if I had to pick one James Spader freak sex movie, I'd probably go with Secretary. 
because I get to see Maggie Gyllenhaal naked in that. And uh, although she's really not that hot now, back then she was pretty cute. But uh, last episode was awesome. I liked uh, a lot of the little facts you guys threw in there, like the Just the Ten of Us, was it Just the Ten of Us, the show with uh, Heather Langenkamp and the muscular Brooke chick. But uh, the thing I like about that show is if you go back and watch the episodes now, you'll notice that there are a lot of, like, people wearing Freddy t-shirts and stuff. And you know that shit was taken right off the set. But um, there were shirts I've never seen, and I don't think I ever will see again unless I watch the damn Just the Ten of Us. But uh, Rennie Harlan, that same movie directed by Rennie Harlan, he's, he's a decent director. He either does really shitty work or really good work. And... You know, I love The Long Kiss Goodnight and Die Hard 2. Friday 4, it's it's good. It's you know, it's a Friday movie, so obviously I'm going to love it. But uh, then he did shit like The Covenant and Exorcist, the beginning, and those both sucked a ball sack. So um, Covenant was basically a precursor to Twilight, even though, you know, it's not technically, but it's the same bull crap. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, we're all dropping off like flies here. Alice's brother in the uh, Elm Street 4. You know, the reason I can excuse is really crappy, you know, staggering down the hall and running away type crap is because he had that whole montage where he was, like, kickboxing to Dramarama. And even though they had that one good song, that was, like, a pretty good song and a pretty good scene. I mean, you know, it kind of brought me back to Elm Street, too, a little. I thought they were going to throw a Dutch Rudder in there, too. Speaking of which, is that anything like the Anal Intruder? I'm not sure because you mentioned that, too. Um, I don't know what that is. But you guys said you didn't know what a Dutch rudder is, and I imagine they're probably pretty close in similarity. Um, and Natalie Merchant, who said she didn't shave her bush? I mean, or that she did shave her bush. That chick's uh, bohemian, man. None of those chicks shave their bush. They don't shave any hair on their body. Just FYI. So stay away from Natalie Merchant. But no, that's all I got, dude. I just call in a ramble for a second or a minute or two. I don't know. Just uh, stay away from Natalie Merchant. And uh, what the hell is the deal with the man on the street stuff? We haven't got that in, like, weeks. And uh, Which you only did one man on the street. The other ones were, like, man on the phone. So you got to go back out on the street and, you know, just take a taser with you in case you're afraid someone's going to, like, get really offended that you can just tase their ass. But, all right, man, great work. I love the show. And keep it up. Bye. You know, it's it was it's good because I appreciated that. I've now added Natalie Merchant to my restraining order list, <laughs> and I cited it's because of her bush. And as far as man on the street goes, you know what? You're right. And so I got a little. Uh, I need to. I need to try and get back out there and, and talk to some people. Only when I'm not around, though, man. I feel. I feel like I can be a lot more brazen on the phone. And I can really push the envelope. I don't know that, that first time, man. You, I, yeah, I really you got had into some it balls then. I've got it, but I've got it. The, the problem I had is I, I, I heard a story about someone getting escorted out of, uh, <clears throat> like a store for interviewing somebody. Yeah. And so I was going to run into Home Depot and ask it, like, talk to people about uh, <laughs> why there's so many jokes about tools. And like, and why hardware is always referenced when it comes to sex. Like, why do you think that you know we talk about screwing and laying the wood to people? And you know, I was going to do that and talk to someone. I was worried I was going to get kicked out. Oh, so I, would I, that I, be the worst I'm, thing in the world? Well, I'm a little bit nervous about. I don't, that. you know, I don't blame you. And to be honest with you, I I wouldn't dare to do any of that stuff. So maybe maybe it'll be my goal over the next two weeks is to get an interview with somebody. Can I? I'll, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I've got an admission I've got to make. uh Oh. So I've been planning something, and I actually did a little research on it, and I cannot believe the good fortune 
that comes with this idea. Uh-oh. So I've wanted to attend a Sex Addicts Anonymous class <laughs> meeting and go just say some outlandish, crazy stuff to people. Re- recording it the whole Yeah, recording the whole time I'm there and, like, get with somebody and just start talking to them about stuff. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, sometimes I just feel like shoving it in my hard drive. You know, just saying, like, dumb stuff and see what they say back. <laughs> so I looked it up online. There's two meetings that happen in Utah. One in St. George and the other one in Kaysville. Where? Whoa! So I'm like, That's right in your backyard, like, man. Are you kidding me? Yes. I can attend those. And it's a mixed one, too. The one in St. George is all for men. This one is a mixed one. That, one's, that one and seems like a sex addict slash swinger party. <laughs> well, you, want, you know what? This is, this is on a sad note. <clears throat> Just, but I have wait, wait, is this, is this on a sad note, just like no, no. your World of Warcraft no, no, story was no, on a sad no. note? This is on a uh, – my friend has a brother-in-law who attended Sex Addicts Anonymous. They ended up getting a divorce, so this obviously didn't work. But one of the reasons why it didn't work, my friend said, was because you just go there and people talk about how they've been getting away with uh, having sex any way they want. Really? And it just gives everybody new ideas that they've never thought of. Listen, you go there, you, you network with people, you get <laughs> ideas – you know, that can be employed in a lot of different areas of your oh life. Oh, my gosh. Know? It's so funny. So, anyways, yeah, that's that was going to be – I've got to really work up the nerve to walk in there because I'm ner- it is in my backyard. I'm nervous I'm going to see somebody that I know. <laughs> Dude, that would be so awesome. <laughs> You're so, there with your family, like at the local Arctic Circle or some <laughs> crap, having some ice cream or whatever. They walk in. Oh, in. my gosh. How that, are you doing? I'm supportive. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Have you been in the restrooms in the middle of the night? Lately? You know what the funny thing is is where Sam lives is the same city that we went to high school in. Yeah. So there's probably a I'm lot saying. of high school people that go to that. It's at a yeah. It's no a, way. It's at a that local church. Awesome. And oh my gosh! So I mean, one, on one hand, it was awesome because I don't have like five minutes away from the meeting. On the other hand, it's bad because who knows who's there? Oh. <laughs> Listen, they're all just there for help, Sam. Hey, public service announcement, by the way, Uh-oh. about peeing on the golf course. Don't do it. Do not pee on a golf course. Go to the bathroom. Why? Find a porta potty. Did you have a? Did you have a I have incident? a neighbor. A neighbor whose best friend um, went, was out. He went out. He's like on the sixth hole, so he's away from anything. Right. Went in the bushes and took a leak. By the time he got back to the clubhouse. The cops were waiting. They arrested him. He went on the sex offenders list what? for public indecency. Ten years. Because he took a leak? Because he took a leak. Dude, when we went fishing last Saturday, I, know. I, I know. was just taking a leak right there. In <clears> fact, <throat> I was like... I know. So anyways, don't do it. Just don't do really? it. Really? That, mm-hmm. that is actually that's a, an, that's an a amazing story. story. Really? Hey, guys. Johnny, again. I just wanted to call and say I know I was breathing kind of heavy on that last message. And I was my asthma was acting up, so I was trying to get through it real fast and cover my points. I didn't want Sam to think I was like you know, panting because you know, I was hoping he didn't think I was like a midget starving for his affection or anything. So just wanted to drop that in. And I want you to think that I was like having some kind of attack or anything. All right. Bye. I got nothing for that. Well, I was just going to say, Johnny, it's okay to be who you are, man. <laughs> you should not be ashamed. Really. If you, you should see honestly how many midgets come up to Sam and tell him how much he's helped him. Yeah, you know it's, it's it's unbelievable. Shocking how many midgets live here in in the good old state of Utah. <laughs> shocking. Are, are you joking? No, I'm. I'm. We have Hobbitville right up the road. We do, we do, but 
I don't think I've seen a midget in 20 years. Are you serious? Dead serious. Since that time we were driving along in the car? I don't know. <laughs> there was a lot of times when we were driving along in the car. I mean, You don't remember that, working at Allied? We looked over and saw the midget driving next to us. We laughed about <laughs> all day long. <laughs> and then found out our co-worker's dad was oh, a midget. <laughs> I forgot about that. I think we already told that story. <laughs> oh my Brutal. Gosh. I forgot that... <laughs> I remember that too. Do you want to hear it? We're, I, listen, we're it. bastards because I remember that. We're sitting there in the truck. It's in a tall truck. We look over and just start busting up. For, and it lasted all day long. What is wrong with us? Do you want to hear it? Let me tell you a sad midget story. And this is sad on the on the World of Warcraft side. Oh. So I, I'm going to get a present, a gift for, I think it was my wife, for something. There was a flower store right down the road from where I lived. Now, it was it was west-facing, so as I was coming in, the sun was behind me. It was shining inside, uh-huh. so I just walked in the door. It was like a locally owned something or other, and it was just this small store. I walk in, and right as I take a step and clear the sunlight, a midget goes walking by me. I took one step back. Holy shit! I said it out loud. Dude looked at me and was just so mad, and I, I mean, what what could I do? And this is a true story. I'm like, what? What could I do? So I'm just like, uh, yeah. I'm looking for some flowers. I got out of there so Did fast. We, I don't. Think we're I'm not, so insensitive. We're not nice people, man. Well, you just you just don't see that all the time. It's weird. Anything that's that's at the same level that could take a take a bite out of your junk. I mean, you just you automatically take a step backwards. <laughs> just out of protection, protective. Unbelievable, dude. You know, you realize that next episode, I'm going to have to be like, um. I feel really bad about not stopping Sam and talking about this, uh, the whole midget thing, and I feel, I just feel terrible. Listen, it's, it's, yeah. Well, this is Metal Mikey calling in again. I'm going to leave a message. I'm going to hope it's played this time out. Man, I'm telling you, I get snubbed after the last voicemail I left. Mike and Sam, you, you wound me a lot. This is going to reflect on your toothpaste bottles down the road. I'm telling you, dude. Anyways, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Don't really have a lot to say about the Friday the 13th episode because it was good, except I'm kind of disappointed that there wasn't too much knocking of the character of Shelly from episode... This is my nerd cred. Episode 3 of Friday the 13th. Obviously, Friday the 13th Part 3. And Shelly being the... Really annoying prankster character, which did give Jason his hockey mask, so I guess it counts for something. But also just yesterday, finished up parts four, five, and six of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. For the most part, I agree with what was mentioned. I mean, I can't really say much about part six, Freddy's Dead, because I actually have not seen that entry in the series. Well, I do, well, here's the thing. I actually kind of feel that Part 2 is actually a stronger movie than Part 5. Why? Because I can at least watch all of Part 2. Part 5, I'm sorry, I can't make it to that movie. To me, that's just sort of the apex of the really annoying, jokey Freddy, and it just drives me up a wall. I can't stand it. That's just my opinion. I will say, out of the three you covered, part four, 
easily my stand-up favorite. Why? Because it's the cheesiest and it's the most fun that I've had watching a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Is it cliche? Yeah. Is the acting terrible as you've proven with free sex change Neff Campbell? Yeah. It's not that stellar, but here's two things that go for it. One, no, actually make that three things that go for it. One, it's pretty action-packed and fast-paced. And, of course, you kind of, sort of, underplayed the kills in it. Come on, that Roach Motel kill in it. Oh, my God, even that gives me a bit of the shivers. Two, our main character, whose name is escaping me right now, because, it's, yeah, Alice, okay. I'm sorry, guys, it's really early for me. I had a really shitty sleep in today. But Alice, Tanya, Lisa Wilcox, pretty damn cute. Just saying. And three. Well, I mean, it was still jokey Freddy, but, you know, it wasn't obnoxiously jokey Freddy, like, in part five. So, yeah, part four, definitely my breadwinner of the trilogy covered in that episode. But, of course, Mike and Sam, for all the crap I did give you, you're doing a great job. Love the show, as always. And can't wait to hear more soon, all right? We'll take it easy, and I'll catch you again soon. I can kind of keep it short. All right, take it easy. Bye. Did he say something? Did he say something about uh, us losing a voicemail or not playing one or something? Yeah, here's the problem. A couple. Was it? It was last episode. No, it was episode thirty-four. Oh, where all that shit happened. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't even know what happened. Oh yeah. And That's I. Right. I don't think his was the only one that we didn't play. Either. Oh, okay. So, Mikey, okay. we apologize, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for calling again. I can't. You gave us another chance. Yep. You know what the problem is too is I wouldn't have known whose didn't make it to apologize. You know, unless I call back in. So if you, if yours didn't come in, we don't know. Sorry, yeah. I, I apologize. But uh, I can't believe that he liked two more than five. What do you think? I I didn't like five. Well, five. I I didn't mind. I liked five. I but mean, five I was better like than the, I thought. Five was better than two. Uh, I don't know. I. Uh, there were a couple of really irritating ones, <laughs> like the like the uh, I didn't like to kill with. Uh, I think we talked about this last time. I don't want to rehash it too much, but about the the comic book death, that one was kind of retarded. Yeah. And then um, I didn't like the 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 stereotypical kids. You know, yeah. did I mention that last time? Yeah. How like the parents were so mm-hmm. oh they're they're creating the, such a stereotypical uh, relationship between the kids and their parents that, uh, oh my gosh, just let me breathe. I'm a kid. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not what, give me a freaking break. That, they, they were just so heavy handed with that, that it was like, bog, give me a break, you know? But I honestly, I still liked it more than two. I, 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 Do you know what it sounds like when we start saying we like five better than two and three better than one, What a three dog night song. One is the loneliest number. <laughs> All right. That was bad. Wow. Cut terrible. That. Cut that shit out. That was so bad. Wow, I was waiting for. Like I thought you were going to talk about three part harmony. No, I was. I was going three dog night. I mean, who brings? No, no, that's who sings that. Oh, uh, just a old fashioned love song. Oh, that's right. Listen, you brought this shit up. Don't I did. you start shaking me off? <laughs> Don't you start saying no, 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 no. no. You no, brought saying, this up, and I, you're going to pay. I'm shaking my head because who brings up three dog night as like the butt of a joke? Only this dumbass. Um, other than the fact that if you ask me, Three Dog Night is probably the butt of many a joke. <laughs> 
Sorry about that. Hello, gentlemen of the Cadaver Lab. It's Patrick. How the fuck are you? Uh, I'm just calling about your Friday the 13th episode, and wow. I mean, seriously, wow. What the fuck? I mean, come on. Really? You did so well with Nightmare on Elm Street, but then what the fuck? Okay, right off the bat, let me start with, uh, when you're talking about part three, you couldn't remember what character Chili was. And you say, uh, which one was she? Was she the Hispanic one? She was the stoner girl. Just because her name was Chili, she has to be Hispanic, huh? Nice. Coming right off the heels of Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. That's all I gotta say. Except for this. Take some fucking notes! Jesus Christ! Oh, no, the guy in the wheelchair was in part three. No, he was in part two. No, he was in part three. He's in part two. No, Steve, the guy in the wheelchair, was in part three. Definitely, definitely, definitely. First of all, yeah, you know he's in part two. You figured that much out. But his fucking name was Mark! Mark! Not Steve! Take some notes! God! And the composer's name is Harry Manfredi? Manfredi! It's Manfredini! Manfredini! Rhymes with... Winnie! Yeah, I bet you'll remember it now. Now that I tied it into cock, you're not gonna forget it. It's gonna stick in your mind like a... Like a... Cock. Yeah, so, um... <clears throat> okay, that much out of my system. Since you enjoyed my, uh, tales of, uh... uh my first run in the theater with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm old. I saw pretty much everything first run in the theater. So I'm going to tell you about my turn with Friday the 13th. Now picture it. 1980, Long Island, New York. I'm 10 years old. Uh, there were four of us kids on the block, four guys. We were the horror movie kids. We loved the creature features and the Vincent Price and you know the Edgar Allan Poe shit that they used to do. And all that classic creature feature monster movie kind of stuff. We saw it all. Now, this movie came out. We had no idea what it was, really. But everybody was seeing it. It was supposed to be really scary. So we had to see it, even though we were 10 years old. So we snuck into this old monster movie theater that they used to have. And when I say monster, I mean it wasn't a, a megaplex. It was just one huge cavernous movie theater. We snuck in, and we hit up in the balcony in the last row. And we had our little minds blown because... Like I said, we came off of, you know, Hammer's House of Horror and Lon Chaney and Vincent Price, and we had never seen anything like Friday the 13th. Um, it didn't really make sense to me it, it, that, at that time. I mean, it was just blowing my mind. Just, it, it all seemed so senseless and horrible. And the thing was, we were all scared to death. I remember being so genuinely disturbed. I remember we were all crying. At some point, midway through the film, I, I know my myself, I was crying right after Kevin Bacon got it. That was just too much for me, and I wanted to go home. I remember saying that out loud, I want to go home. But the thing was, since we had snuck into the movie theater and we're good little Catholic boys, we were trying to, we couldn't scream, we weren't screaming, and we're trying to keep the crying as quiet as possible because we didn't want to get in trouble for being at this movie theater and seeing this film and sneaking in and... In a weird way, as horrible as that experience was, it worked my fragile little mind. And for those guys, it was a bonding experience for us. Because every time a new one came out, up and through Jason X, the four of us would get together. You know, people would fly in but come back to New York to see these movies together. And um, as bad as they got, and they got bad, we still got together. And um, 
That's why Friday the 13th is awesome for me. So pay his fucking attention and take some notes next time you watch it. Woo! This has been Patrick in New York, and you're both cocks. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Uh, I guess uh, somebody needed to get their balls busted, and that's me and you. Well, actually, we're going to be sending Patrick his prize disc because we throw out mistakes all the time, and he actually caught all the ones we did on purpose uh, for that episode. Whoa, no, what I'm a winner, talking. winner! <laughs> Listen, okay, here now I'm going to defend myself a little bit. First of all, when I said, oh, is it the Hispanic one? Never once did I think, man, her name is Chili. She's got to be Hispanic. Out, you know, and let's put it this way. If that's somewhere deep in my subconscious, I blame the media. Okay, <laughs> it's not my fault. The media and movies have, have have basically brainwashed me in that way, and I, you know, I can't help it. So, I mean, I don't, I, you know, in the enigma, there's just, no, there's just no, <laughs> there's just no excuse for that. I mean, I realized that it was a simple typo, but you know, that is so funny. What that is a great voicemail. <laughs> Uh, by the way, with with the whole Friday the Thirteenth thing, too bad you were a pussy growing up and didn't get get, get into horror movies. We could have we could have really bonded, know. man. Well, I can't even imagine going to see. If I would have seen that when I was ten, I probably would have never left oh, my house after that. I did I tell a story about how I saw it like yeah. on TV and yeah. it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, that was the edited version, like on a small TV. That's right, up in the up in the woods. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, you know that would have been awesome to do. I think. Uh, I mean, and I'm going to throw this out on a limb. I think that there were probably, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, correct me, that there were probably cooler places to watch this type of stuff in New York than there were in Salt Lake City, especially in 1980. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah, I bet you're right. I mean, I mean, what were we, four? So, <laughs> so I, I mean, I wasn't really trying to be all that cool, but still. Th- thank you for setting us straight. And by the way, I listened to that earlier in the week, and I took copious notes. Did you for tonight? For tonight. Nice. So I hope only you screw up. I'm sure I will. What's up, guys? I Cadaver Lab. This is Ryan from New Jersey. I recently just started listening to your podcast. Uh, I have been listening to podcasts, you know, for quite a while, like Bloody Disgusting and Horror, etc. But uh, you're just really great. Uh, I agree that after part three of Nightmare on the Street, it starts to get a little cheesy, you know. But all that, I really, really, really love part four. I don't know why. It's just, I guess, I guess because of its cheesiness. Uh, I just saw the shirts online. I'm thinking about getting one. And, yeah, I'm in high school working on my short film called Letters. I'm thinking about emailing you guys maybe a trailer so you could check it out. Uh, so, yeah, this is kind of, you know, an intro to me. I'm just, you know, a huge fan and uh plan on calling more and listening more. Also, Ryan is not my real name. Now, I bet you can't guess it. Hint. It's a Spanish name, and it starts with an M. I'll call him like... It's a Miguel. I'm going to say, it's a Mario. Oh, wait a second. That's Italian. That's my it's bad. Miguel, which yes, is Miguel. Spanish for Michael. That is that is true. How about that? Wow. I'm glad you can speak Spanish. I would have never known. I cannot speak Spanish. Yes, you do. You taught me. Me gusta nadar desnudo en el queso. Yes, that's the only thing I know how to say. That's the only thing I know how to say. I'm glad I could share <laughs> with you my, my, my wealth of Spanish knowledge. I'm trying to think of what it could be. I already told you it's Miguel. Hmm. But anyway, so I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Is that just an? You know what? You probably said something. I wonder if I did. 
Like I'm being serious right now. I don't. I've heard that before somewhere, and I don't know what that is. Now I'm gonna get my butt. <laughs> it's it's uh. You probably have been called that before. Dude, or we something. need to look that up. Let's look it. Let's up. look it up. Dang it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Listen, I want to retract every damn word I said for like the last thirty dude, seconds. Dude. We did not know what that meant. I sincerely apologize. Yeah, we're gonna cut. We gotta cut that or beep it. We'll beep it out. <laughs> Yeah, we've got to, because that, I did not know that. And now I'm wondering if somebody called me that. <laughs> Ignorance is great, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, How embarrassing. it's so much damn fun, oh, you know. I apologize to everybody involved with that. <laughs> Ryan, please call the show back. My bad. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That <laughs> oh, that was great, man. Mm. I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You know what was I going to? I was going to bring up something else from that voicemail. About his oh, film. About his film. Send mm-hmm. us a trailer. We'll we'll put it up on our site. And uh, you know, it's just funny that uh, he said I just actually talked to a guy who is, and I and I put up a an interview that an email interview that I had with this guy. His name's Mario, and he's in charge of the Rocky or Salt. Sorry, Salty Horror Film Festival. It's going to be coming up in Salt Lake City, and he actually teaches at a charter school here in Salt Lake City. That uh, focuses on film. Hmm. And I said, Hi, you know, where was all this shit when we were kids? No, I mean, I'm not saying I would have gotten into it or something like that, but that right. seems like a pretty cool thing yeah. to, you know, to be able to get into if that's what you're into, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're young. I'll tell you what, I always say this, I have no creative bone in my body as, when, as far as it comes to, like, uh, you know, art, movies, whatever. But, uh, yeah, send, send it in and, and we'll take a look at it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Disregard me, period. Hey, guys, it's uh, Ryan again. Just letting you know uh, that Scream will not be a remake. It'll actually be a Scream 4, followed by a new trilogy, and Kevin Williamson will be um, writing Scream 4. He's actually in the process right now. If you look him up on Twitter.com slash Kevin, or Kev Williamson, It'll be there. He clearly states that it's Scream 4 and not a remake. So just letting you guys know. All right, see ya. You know, that really ruins that for me. Didn't I have a good rant going? There was a huge threat on the forums about people being pissed off about that. So, <laughs> And I'm like, why don't they just go with one movie and continue to remake it? Now I feel like a dumbass. What are you going to do? At least you're right. But thanks for confirming that for us. Yes. Thank you very very much. Uh, remember that thing that Sam just said? That's still really funny. <laughs> Hey there, Mike and Sam, Stephen here, and just calling in this week to talk about this conflict that has been brought to light over the past few weeks. Um, are we going to waste any time with this? Yeah, th- this is too fucking important. I'm talking, of course, about the epic battle between Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Have you seen this fucking piece of shit? First off, You've got Deborah Gibson as a scientist. Uh, you've got some Japanese guy who's also a scientist. You've got this Irish guy that somehow ended up in the American Navy. And I think it's because he keeps forgetting to talk with the Irish accent so no one knew he was fucking Irish. These three people are scientists. Now, you know they're scientists because there's several montages of them playing with test tubes and beakers, like mixing different colored flavors of Kool-Aid together 
to make like, you know, sparkleberry lime or whatever. I don't know what the fuck they're supposed to be doing mixing chemi- mixing this shit together. Wonder what we're up against. I don't know. Let's mix some chemicals together. Oh, well, it turned blue. It must be a fucking giant shark with 11-foot fucking teeth. That's how we determine what we're up against. We mix stuff together. And the best is when they fucking decide that they're going to use pheromones to trap the giant shark and the giant octopus. So they... How do you know when their pheromone experiment is successful? They make a fucking ooze. Yeah, like the green ooze from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know whether they're going to fucking capture the giant octopus or teach it to fucking use nunchucks. I don't fucking know because this movie is just all over the fucking place. No, I've never been in the Navy, but... You know, I've seen U-571, I've seen Das Boot, I've seen The Hunt for Red October, but this is the first movie where I've ever seen them navigate a nuclear submarine with a fucking joystick. You've got one guy with a joystick going, oh, three degrees left. Bullshit. All right, you've got Lorenzo Lamas, who is supposed to be the, like, funny, bad guy. He's like the bureaucrat, but like he's still got the fucking haircut from, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, that's not fucking reg- Navy regulation. I mean, so he's, he's all about the fucking rules, but except for his fucking hair, no, they don't let hippies fucking be sub commanders. It's bullshit. They're not fooling anybody. But his his job is to go around making racist remarks and misogynistic remarks because that's supposed to be funny. Um, it's it's not. Oh, jeez, what else is there in this movie? Oh, all right, what are supposed to be the big money shots? All the big money shots are in the fucking trailer. They literally used every penny of their special effects budget in the fucking trailer. If you've seen the trailer and the shark biting the Golden Gate Bridge, that Golden Gate Bridge, you've seen the fucking movie. You've seen the shark jump up and fucking grab the plane. That is literally all the fucking money they had. And the rest of the shit, the big epic battle between the shark and the octopus is so fucking lame. I can't even describe how lame this like five second little shot is. The shark bites one of the legs off, the octopus wraps the fucking leg, its legs around the shark, and they both sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's it. And you've got Debbie Gibson and her electric fucking youth in a fucking submarine, little mini sub. Okay, but they're supposed to be reacting to stuff, but when they show the outside of the sub, there's no fucking windows. Why are there no fucking windows? Because they just have one shot... CGI shot of this fucking submarine cruising through what apparently is water and they just keep cutting to it and then you cut to them inside the sub there's absolutely no no spatial relationship between anything going on in this fucking movie it's it's fucking horrible that being said you have to fucking see this motherfucker because it is fucking hysterical Just do not, for the love of Christ, do not pay money to see this garbage. 
I am sure it'll be on Sci-Fi like 2.30 a.m. every fucking Sunday for the next six months if there is a merciful God in heaven. Because I think the best thing that like aspiring filmmakers can do is see what not to fucking do. Everything in this movie is just wrong. Kind of like the relationship between you and Sam. It's it's an abomination. But that being said, uh, I hope you have a great show. Be cool, bitches. You know what? That show, that movie sounded really interesting. So I went and checked on the break. Uh, I just checked on to see see a little bit more about it. And he was talking about how they use the pheromones to like get to find out how to defeat the the, the mega shark and the giant octopus. Uh-huh. Well, I looked that up, and they they actually they got Julie's pheromones for that. <laughs> So that shit works. <laughs> Cut that shit out. She hates you. She does so bad. <laughs> but she's cool. She knows. She hasn't called since. She hasn't oh, called she in like she hasn't called in like three episodes. She doesn't listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're an asshole. Well, I'm assuming she's saying stuff about me on her show. No, she has class and she has like maturity. Dramatic readings. You know, I do have one problem with that actually. What? Steven, did you call Lorenzo Lamas a hippie? I will kill you! He is no hippie. He was a cop and good at his job. Until he, until he committed the ultimate sin and testified against other cops gone bad. Cops that tried to kill him but got the woman he loved instead. Do you know where the first time I saw Lorenzo Lamas was? Where? Grease. The movie Grease? Yeah, he's on that. No! He's the little wussy boyfriend that... Uh, that, uh, what's his name, Danny, the, what's his name? I have never seen Grease. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know that John Travolta's in it. John Travolta. Yeah, yeah he steals uh, uh, Livy Newton-John away from this uh, Lorenzo Lamas. Like, he's a really young guy. You know what? That's why he's like, I'm going to bulk up, and I'm going to grow this little flowing mane of these wavy locks. <laughs> That's right. And I'm going to, by the way, the great best thing he said was, uh, some Irish guy <laughs> in the U.S. military, probably because he kept forgetting to use his Irish accent. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so you didn't like that show, I'm assuming. You know, I've actually seen it, and I you know, I was stoked for this, too, because, I mean, somebody put it up on the forums. Dude, you got to check this out. I'm thinking, man, how stupid. You know, this is just a crazy, cheesy, you know, uh, trailer, and it's got to be good if, if, they, if they can get away with calling it freaking Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. I saw the trailer, and I was like, this kicks ass. Then I watched it, and I was like, wow. Disappointment. But I enjoyed it, only because I made my wife watch it. And uh, it's almost like I was paying her back. Because, oh, you know what damn movie I watched? No, don't tell me. Don't admit it. It was that one with Eva Longoria is dead. And she comes back as an angel. Or no, no, no. Yeah, it was like, and, and what's his name? Paul Rudd's in it. And Paul Rudd was Eva Longoria's boyfriend, and she dies. And oh, Eva Longoria, she's the desperate housewife? Yeah. I think I remember seeing a commercial for that. Holy balls, that movie sucked. What uh, is Paul that? Rudd's pretty funny. Yeah, he's a funny dude. But I can't remember what it was called, but you know what? And it was it was right after that. In fact, this is within like the last two weeks yeah. that I put that on and made her like sit through it. Well, I was working on something else, so I didn't really have to be into it, but I made her watch it. That's awesome, man. That's what marriage is all about. Getting even. <laughs> Just torturing each other. That's great. 
think we have another one from Steven. We may or may not. So let me check. Okay. Okay, I don't think I conveyed enough how bad this movie is. All right, first off, these creatures are fucking, you know, 10 million years old, but yet they are somehow able to bend the laws of physics so that sonar can't fucking pick them up. They can just disappear like fucking magic. All right, now, and shooting torpedoes at these fucking things. All right, first off, there's not even explosions. There's like flashes of light, like the shark has gone to a fucking rave or some bullshit. But apparently these fucking torpedoes, you know, uh, half a megaton fucking explosive device has no fucking effect on it. Our weapons are useless against these fucking fish. Oh, my God. All right. And, and the big joke in the movie. All right. You know, you got to have a running gag. All right. First off, Debbie Gibson is a marine biologist who doesn't know the difference between a squid and an octopus. All right, what's that? It's a, it's a giant squid. Ah, it's an octopus. Okay, so then, like for the rest of the fucking movie, everybody else, oh, do you see the giant squid? It's not a squid. It's an octopus. Oh ha ha ha! Fuck you. Okay. Oh my god, this movie hates you. It literally hates every one of you that goes to fucking watch it. It hates you. It despises you. It is a sentient thing that has a consciousness all of its own hell-bent on destroying your fucking will to live that is how bad this fucking movie is Ugh. anyway uh be cool bitches that movie was so bad that steven's rant could not be contained in one voicemail that's bad <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Steven would probably give that an AMC slash don't bother. I, w- I would say that too. Actually, I you know what this this and this would be great. I would love to see this uh, if he actually gave it a kill everyone involved. I'd love to see Lorenzo Lamas and Steven go at it. That'd be awesome. You know what? I don't know if you know this, but I'd buy lotion for that. Oh, what the freak? <laughs> Steven's been calling uh, Eli Roth out. Yeah. For years. Well, I don't know, for a year? <laughs> but uh for six months, I don't know. He's been he's been really? uh, he, he he keeps calling him out to a fist fight and it never happens. Uh I think that's because Eli Roth is actually probably too big. But I bet Steven, if you started calling Lorenzo Lamas out, <laughs> he would take you up on it. Do let's it. Going. Let's get get that going on Facebook. Dude dude. By the way, we're gonna get a Facebook going. I have, a, I have a page, a Cadaver well, page. Do, oh you do? Yeah, but it's yeah. You wanna do another one? Oh, I've been getting all sorts of invites and hey, send it for this, send it for that, and yeah. like from from like five different people in the last month or something. So I'm thinking it's about time we do it. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. Okay. Yeah. Never feel cheated. Well, I have. Normally, when you do a promo like this, you're supposed to sit there and suck the shit out of yourself to tell people how great your show is and what you talk about and everything like that. I don't like doing these fucking things, but I've been pushed to do it. And if you don't know who I am, my name's Vaughn, and I run the podcast Motion Picture Massacre, and glad to fucking meet you. Every week, or whenever the hell I have time to do a show, I review stuff that I like. Stuff that sits on my walls, maybe comes in through my Netflix account. Horror movies, cult movies, fucking shitty at B-movies, Italian action films, Japanese films, fucking anime, Ralph Bashke films, kid, you know, porno, I don't give a crap. Whatever you want to talk about. Whatever I feel like talking about, that's better. You know, if you want to check it out, it's motionpicturemassacre.com.
All right, so Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, what took us so long? You know, it's funny. I, I, I was thinking about that. We always, oh, we love Bruce Campbell, and he is freaking awesome, but we've only done the Evil Dead trilogy. Well, and to be fair, that was episode two, so we did yeah. do it early. Was that episode two? Uh, yeah. It was episode one pretty freaking early. Yeah. And then, uh, but no, you know what? It's about time we, we, we revisited him. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I had a great time watching all these sh- uh, movies. I yeah. was, you know, I've been trying to watch myself <laughs> saying shows. I don't know why. Screw people. Was that offensive? No, I'm not offended at all. <gasps> all right, the first movie that we decided to talk about today is called Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat. You know, in 88, this I just finished Evil Dead 2, so I didn't have a huge criteria list for movies that I do or don't do. This was an offer that came in, and I went... And I, had just, I was trying to raise money way back then from Man with a Screaming Brain that didn't get made for another 20 years. So I was already wasting my life on that stupid movie. I was completely out of money because I'd spent three months in Detroit trying to raise money for it. Utterly failed. This thing came in like the next day went, well, I didn't even read the script. Are you kidding? I'm like, where do I, get, where do I show up? And they just threw, they were throwing money at me. They, they gave me a weekly rate that I never got before. And I was like, I... I I didn't say anything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, you're lucky you offered that. <laughs> and I thought, you know, Moab, Utah, playing Von Helsing, 1988. Yeah, I would take anything in 88. One of the great things, I think, about Sundown is, though it is a vampire movie and has all of the trappings of a vampire movie, the... Um, or of a horror movie, the the uh, the family in a station wagon that breaks down and goes to the wrong town where everybody's going to eat them. Um, but the thing is, is there is not really one truly scary moment in the entire movie. It's just simply funny. Hi. Hi. Bye. Bye. In the meantime, I'm going to have the sheriff take Mort to jail. <laughs> To jail, what jail can hold him? Yeah, we had John Ireland, who was one of the, you know, the early, you know, male lead contract players, and John's at the very end of his his thing. And uh, we had a scene, we had a scene where the good vampires are fighting the bad vampires, and it's bang, bang, bang. You know, we shoot, we go to work at like seven o'clock at night and work until six o'clock in the morning, but like for ten days, and it's up in Moab, it's cold at night, and the whole and the. You, you know, you come over the barrier and you go bang, 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 and you duck, and the, they come over and take your gun and load it again. You know, just repeated coverage. They call it coverage. It goes on and on. And John, they hand John Ireland his gun one time. And John looks at his gun and he says, There's only two things in the world better than a good gun. A watch made in Switzerland or a woman from anywhere. And I chose this one because I had never seen it before. And uh, I don't know, let's just get into it here. Uh, the, it came out in 1990. By the way, Apocalypse Dan will be happy to know that Bruce was sporting one son of a bitchin' mustache in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was like, it was kind of almost wicked. You uh, couldn't take your eyes off it. No, it's like, is that Bruce Campbell? I don't know, because I, I keep looking at that freaking hairy caterpillar on that guy's <laughs> upper lip. Weird. Uh, it was directed by Anthony Hick- Hickox, uh, written by John Burgess and Anthony Hickox. IMDb gave it a 6.5. Uh, budget, 
was a $2.8 million. And I guess this is kind of timely, too, because it starred David Carradine as uh, Josek Marjolak slash... Oh, I won't say who else, because that is a spoiler. Uh, Morgan Brittany as Sarah Harrison. Bruce Campbell as Robert Van Helsing. Uh, Jim Metzler as David Harrison. Maxwell Caulfield... <laughs> And his giant flesh-colored codpiece. Oh, that was sweet. As Shane, Deborah Foreman as Sandy White, and M. Emmett Walsh. You know what? We saw his ass, too. He's This is going on there for greatest ass in a film. We didn't see that, did we? Did we? I think we did. I don't think we so. We had to have. No, I don't. Because they just showed him frontwards with the codpiece. Then, but then it showed him on top of her in the bed. But it was sideways. Okay. So we're not including side butts. Sorry, Steven. Was it Steve? No, it wasn't this, Steve. Yeah, it was, this is Steve. He said, this is Steve. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, synopsis. Under the leadership of their ancient powerful leader, Josek Marjolak, a colony of vampires seek a peaceful life in the desolate town of Purgatory. <coughs> Excuse me. Key to the transition is the town's artificial blood-making facility, and it's just not working. Marjolak summons the human designer of the plant, who brings his wife and two young daughters along for what he thinks will be a pleasant desert vacation. Soon he and his family are caught up in a civil war, uh, as another vampire elder who abhors the idea of vampires being anything other than predators organizes a revolution. What'd you think? This was the ultimate in right down the middle cinema. What do you mean? Well, what I mean by that is it wasn't very scary. No. It wasn't very funny. <laughs> no. It wasn't very westerny. You know I mean, all the stuff that it kind of tried to do. It kind of, I see what you're saying. It kind of got sprinkled by a bunch of different genres, but yeah, it, it never just... really came out. The only the only thing it didn't go was musical, and it, you know you had everybody lined up with an umbrellas on the side of the road. I thought it was going that way, <laughs> but it just didn't really accomplish anything that it that it set out to do. Really, like because it, it didn't start out as a real it, hardcore it got western. Six point five on IMDb, no, which I still am kind of shocked about because yeah, I'm, it, I'm with you on this. One. I, it started out as it didn't start out as a western, but by the end you got these big bravado. Tunes that are completely oh, yeah. western. As well, not to mention gunslinging and, and horses and all this stuff. A, a, you know, in a duel at the end. You know, like a whatever you call that, a gunfight. I'm not. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say that I did not like this movie mm-hmm. because I mean, along the way <clears throat> there were some things that I really liked and some things that I didn't re- that I that I hated. First of all, I like I like the scenery and the, and the town that this took place in. I think it it, it was I, Moab. It was Moab exactly because mm-hmm. the funny thing is, and maybe, maybe that's just us that will like that because we've been down there and we've seen all the same stuff that was down there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was pretty fun. I mean, the story's good. Here is a a group of vampires who are trying to, you know, be civil and and to get along with the humans. Which, by the way, I would never be down for. Yeah. Because what the crap? I want to I want to lay waste. To humankind. If you've got the power. I want to lay waste now. Yeah. And the difference is, if I were a vampire, I could actually do it. And uh, I guess I could do it now. (laughs) We'll get into that later Uh on our serial killer episode coming up. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So, I mean, just to go over the story a little bit, we have, you know, we have this story, uh, or this town with all these vampires. First of all, first thing I didn't like, and I'm not going to bitch about this movie the whole time. Yeah. Tell you what, I'm going to get out what I did not like about it. Okay. And then we'll figure it out. First of all, I didn't like how all the vampires were old. Is that is it just me? They're, all of them were in their 60s and 70s, there, there except were for lot. one or two. Yeah, there were a lot. And, I mean, it did it did add to, for some uh, comedy, which is good, but there it really ruined it for 
horror and scares. And the thing is, is how, you know, they, they tried to go back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, there were a few young ones. And, uh, you know, they, they did try to, to uh, put in an intimidating and scary thing. But it was just kind of like, oh, I didn't know I was getting hit by that. It seemed to be a little uneven. That's, that's the first thing I didn't like. The second thing I didn't like was those kids irritated the shit out of me. Yeah. When she, ma, 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 when she was doing that for like five Oh, yeah. Or, or what happened? Oh, we're, they, they were in this store talking to these two old uh, uh, vampires who, by the way, can actually be out in sunlight. They don't like to, but they have this extra super sunscreen that helps them out. But anyways, they're in there to, in this store run by two old vampires, and they talk about it, and the kid looks at them and, and says something. You know, they, they make a quick joke, and, oh, and my parents are horny, or something. It's like, yeah. holy shit. Talk about something good about this movie, will you? Um, you know, I liked... The fact that you had a couple of you had David Carradine in this movie, yeah. You had a couple of other older guys. The guy that played Jefferson, I can't remember who he is, but he's a he's a a well known actor. I'm gonna get wasted for that. I have no idea who you're talking about. But anyways, what I did is the clip that I showed for this movie. What is actual interviews with people that were in the movie? Oh, okay. Because they didn't have a like a trailer, mm-hmm. but they had some interviews talking about it with David Carradine oh, cool. and with Bruce Campbell cool. and with another one of the older guys who played the vampire, but. You know, it's an interesting thought process. However, you know, I don't think this was the first one to talk about taming vampires. It's definitely well, not the last. Well, for sure. I mean, I don't think anybody's trying to tame themselves except for except for the vampires themselves. Well, that's what I mean. And, well, like an inner struggle to not bite the people. Yeah, and that's what the whole show is based on. I mean, it's not a new well, and it's, yeah, you know, idea. It, it does set up a good. I mean, even if it it weren't. Um, you know, based on a vampire, and let, let's say this was a Western effect. Some of my notes say that, uh, you know, had a lot of, like, Western-esque music, especially in the beginning and, uh, you know, towards the end, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, okay, so we have this family, this engineer and his family show up in this town to fix this blood-making machine. And, of course, everybody's telling them, ah, you know, we, we, we make this blood and we send it out across the world, you know, and it can actually be used in a blood transplant or whatever. So, you know, I mean, it... it Kind of keeps suspicion down, but they try to add a couple of uh, you know kind of soap opera esque type things, and I don't know, maybe some people might might say that this is character building, but apparently the lead vampire engineer um, it dated the human engineer's wife, or no, 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 they had an affair, one night stand. They had a oh, okay, was that what it was okay? I don't know what was it. For some reason, for a while, I thought that they dated before. And then uh, the, the 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 girl dumped Shane, who was the vampire. But I I thought I assumed it. Am I completely off? I didn't here? think so. But you know what? That that could make more sense. Maybe I missed that part. I I know that they said it was one time while he was away working on something. Well, that's when they actually. Well, okay. But basically, so we have we have these two guys, the, the two lead engineers, just kind of being dicks to each other because oh yeah, we had an affair, and potentially one of your kids is mine. And, you know, oh, well, she le- how does it feel for you, left you, that she left you to come back to me or whatever? And it's just like, what? Oh, yeah, so maybe. Yeah, maybe so I, th- I think that's what it was. I think, probably right. But, and then maybe she had a, one night of, uh, damn it, I should have taken better notes, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, you know, so they, they get this thing going, but the family was down there. He was going to do a job and he was going to leave. But as he was trying to leave, uh, another character, uh, what was his name? I have it here. Ethan Jefferson. 
another elder of the vampire clan was basically gathering people, turning them into vampires, and, uh, you know, kind of going to stage this revolution, and this family gets caught in the revolution. You know, and not a, not a bad story. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, I mean, I thought it was okay. The, I think the landscape was, or in the, in the environment was really good for it, because, I mean, there is, n- honestly, when you go down that way, there it, there are certain cities down there that there is nothing. Yeah. And, you know, this could probably actually happen, even today. Yeah, you know? it's true. Uh, in fact, uh, we went down there last spring. Oh, no, last fall. But, uh, in, you know, on the way down there, I mean, you get, you get to some of the bigger cities with some of the attractions. I mean, there's people there, but on the way down there, there's nothing, mm-hmm. you know. So I could see how, you know, they, they could pull this out of their hat and make it work, you know, even though this was almost 20 years ago. Well, and out. I think it suffers from re- reverse discrimination. And, and what I mean by that is I've just seen it, the story too many times since then. And I watched it before I saw this. And that's that this movie didn't do anything extra special to say, you know what, I'm going to let you stand on your own. It just didn't do it. So I think for pros for this movie, well, let's start with cons. The kids, okay. the kids, uh, some of the, the acting was dumb. Uh, you know, bat, vampire bat transformations, blue. Oh, my gosh. I was going to put that in pros because even though it looked like shit, it was hilarious. <laughs> We're talking stop motion animation and these little bats would fly around talking to each other. And it was, I mean, it was, it took you completely out of the movie if you were ever immersed, but it was really funny. Uh, One, one thing that, uh, that I didn't like about it was, and maybe again, this is the, the uh, uh, reverse uh, discrimination is the stake bullets. Yeah, how they basically at the end we talked about how it just becomes kind of a western shootout. Yeah, they figure out a way to put little stakes, like little pieces of wood, on bullets, and doesn't that seem a little too easy? I mean, just doesn't that seem? I don't know. Well, they tried to hit all the vampire mythos, and they I did. Mean, and, and remember how we talked about that they do the vamp the set of rules. Mm-hmm. They did that as mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Ethan was uh, what was his name Ethan was uh, had just turned a couple of punks into a vampire, and they were flying away as bats, and they did the rules scene. This is what happens and whatever. Right. But it was kind of silly. Yeah. Old Buck was in this from Pumpkinhead. You remember? You know who that is? Which one is it? He was the, the Pumpkinhead, the, the the father of all those little redneck kids. Yeah, but which kid was he? Oh, he wasn't a kid. Or, I mean, which a, guy was it? If you don't know who it is, it's hard for me. Yeah, to, oh, he, he was the guy who who was the only one that didn't originally start in the rebellion to go over to the oh, rebellion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But I so I always liked oh, seeing yeah. that guy and stuff. Okay. Um, you know who else was in this? Who? It's funny. There's kind of a uh, in in both Bubba Hotep and then also in this movie. There's old men that end up playing older men of movies made out of younger guys with Tom Hanks. And what, what? I mean by that. <laughs> So, like, Dabs Greer is in this. He's the one that plays Otto. He's the guy with the bad German accent that's always wearing the, oh, yeah. the hat. Yeah. He is he is the older uh, guy, the older Tom Hanks in The Green Mile. So, really? like, at the very end, you see him. I recognize him as that. But the funny thing is, is I got him confused. I thought he was the older Private Ryan. But but it's not. It's the, it's the guy that was the roommate in Bubba Hotep. He is the older Private Ryan. That guy's also the dad in House of a Thousand Corpses. He is. And so. that guy kicks ass even though he was only in Bubba Hotep for, what, ten minutes, not even? Yeah. Weird, weird thing there. Uh, another movie with a vampire boner. He explains that the teeth only come out 
when they are hungry or uh, get extremely emotional. Yep. That's cool with me. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Let's see. Is there anything else about this movie? Uh, Bruce Campbell is really the only one that was kind of over-the-top acting. Everybody else was just kind of along for the ride. He was going full bore. The thing is, is it almost didn't seem like a Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. movie and, uh, until a few specific parts. Like, especially in the end with the war, he yeah. was doing his, you know, Army of Darkness almost like crazy mm-hmm. guy running around and all those faces and stuff. Okay, so I was a little disappointed that this wasn't a full-on Bruce Campbell movie, but I'd never seen it before, so it was good to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of put that one, you know, have, have that one under my belt as having seen it. But all in all, I didn't, I didn't love it. Yeah, I, I didn't love it. Uh, you know, this is a Bruce Campbell dedicated episode. So, you know, nice job to Bruce that he diversified himself a little bit. It's and funny that on, stash. It's funny that he, uh, on the interview that you'll hear on the the clip, he talks about just being done with Evil Dead. Uh-huh. And he was trying to go get money for a movie that, that he had written. I think it was, oh, it was Man with a Screaming Brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's trying to go get that produced and no one would do it. So he's almost out of money and someone gave him this script. And uh, he's, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care what it is. And so he showed up, and they paid him this hourly rate that he couldn't even believe he was getting. And anyways, you'll have to listen to it. But, yeah. uh, but you know what? It's it's interesting to see him play this. And everybody's going to have to watch out now because now that I'm watching these movies, I'm recognizing more people that bring me back to BC. Yeah. Nice. My rating on this, I guess, is just going to be... Oh, man, I am struggling between AMC and Redbox. But, I'm, I'll, but I'll give it a Redbox only because... Of the few, I mean, it fell victim to a lot of of genre cliches, especially. uh, But I think mostly, the thing I didn't like about it most is it never knew exactly what it wanted to be. It it wasn't a comedy, it wasn't a horror, it wasn't a western, just like you were saying. It could have been fully realized, I think, if it would have focused more on one aspect of it. But, I don't know. If you're going to be a western, take the cars out. Don't have cars. If you're going to be a horror movie... Have more people die by it, and that's and that's what deaths. I was hoping it it would yeah. do is turn out to be well. The thing is, is I don't mind horror comedies either, so I was kind of hoping it would be funnier or scarier, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't mm-hmm. really either. It was it, it almost seemed like they half-assed both those. Yep. So, and I it's funny because I watched about half of this movie, and then we talked today, and I was like, hey, yeah, I'm enjoying it, blah blah blah, and then mm-hmm. I finished it, and it totally just tanked. Yeah. So this to me went from a red box to a solid AMC. Really? It's not okay. even close on that. It's going to be an AMC on that. Well, there you go. And memory count was zero. Zero. <laughs> so what did I learn from this? Where I learned where True Blood comes from. True Blood. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, David is the fastest cross builder in the West. That happened <laughs> lightning fast. <laughs> uh, vampires can be saved. Hallelujah. Yes. And. <laughs> Lying to your children about their origins makes for a happy ending. Yeah, it it does. Yeah. Oh no, daddy is your daddy. Yeah. So, wow. Listen, that, I don't need that life lesson. Well, pl- plus don't. the thing is, is I mean, never mind. You don't yeah. need it. First of all, you don't. The, the kid's gonna ask you sooner or later when she turns eighteen. You're gonna have to tell her, and you know that she you lied. She knows that you lied to her. So, yeah, exactly. T- anyway, and then uh, who else said that? You still wanted that half baked wiener, David. And that is me to every American Idol fan last year devoted. <laughs> uh, and then the other who else said that is Wood. I need Wood. And that's the dude on the Levitra commercials. <laughs> oh, great. That it? Good. That's Let's get it. to a break. 
We are receiving reports from all over the country that people are looking in the podcast. Listening to this genre movie review podcast that focuses on horror, sci-fi, fantasy, exploitation, action, cult, cheese, and whatever happens to float through the host consciousness has been proven to cause confusion, twitches, and eventually madness. Authorities are giving strict orders not to look in this podcast. You have been warned not to subscribe to the podcast located at don'tlookinthepodcast.com. You know, you want to look. sound absurd but there's even a patron saint of being incurred Wandy is his name Wandy is his name Wand you Guan me Wandy Wandy is his name All right, we are back with My Name is Bruce. I thought I told you to ditch all this monster movie crap. You know his movies. Maniac Cop? Moonwarp? 
know his name. Bruce Campbell is the greatest actor of his generation. Bruce Campbell. Hey, I know that guy. Unlike most action stars, I can speak, what's the word, English. He's kind to animals. Time for some hooch! Hooch for the pooch! He loves his fans. Give me your autographs. Ever see Ron Hyde? Yeah. Well, then you gotta keep them doggies rolling. And... Mr. Campbell, we need your help. When your town's in trouble. A group of teenagers unwittingly unleashed Guan Di, the Chinese god of war and protector of the dead. Ah! And unless you help us stop him, he will kill every one of us. He's the only man. You need someone who can take on a heinous monster and stop him in his tracks. For the job. That would be me. Yip, yip, Showtime, huh? Guan Di has been unreached. I'm sorry, was that... Unreached? Grab your guns. You guys ready for some violence? I'll just have to limp along with this um, 31 longbow. 45 long slide. Long slide. Grab your women. Want to move that hand? Sorry about that. <clears throat> it's time. And get ready. Are you ready for this, Bruce? Kid, I made a movie in Bulgaria. I'm ready for anything. For the legend. <laughs> Retreat! They call. Shoot it! You never told me that this monster was real. Bruce. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna stall the one-ton wonton. He's a protector of bean curd! Before he rips my head off and shoves it in my face. Just you and me, Top Ramen. Bruce Campbell, Ted Raimi, ah! and Ted Raimi. Well, it's nice to know that tofu really is good for your health. My name is Bruce. Where the heck did you find this evil dead shampoo? Bruce, that's drain cleaner. Maybe that would explain the burning sensation. It came out, well, it depends on where you look, but I think it was released in 2008, but one of the sites, either IMDb and uh, uh, Wikipedia, and by the way, I was going through some other shows, and I was making sure, you know, the Cadaver Lab had put their iTunes reviews for some of these other shows that oh, I yeah. really like. You know, I'm just, you know, hey, right. listen, we appreciate what people do for us, so I'm going to go out and do it for them. And I can't remember whose podcast it was, but uh, there were some reviewer that was like you know what these guys don't bring anything that you can't find on imdb and wikipedia uh no shit neither do we <laughs> if people think this is original content uh well, take your head out of the well sentence. i mean and i don't want to be an asshole but yeah we could search for hours and hours you know on all these different sites and watch all these you know extras and and special uh, edition, behind the scenes, all this stuff, or we could go to where it's all gathered nicely at IMDb and Wikipedia. Well, and there's sometimes where we're watching extras and we see some stuff and learn some things. You but... know, what, you know what's funny is when before you came over today, I was watching Bubba Hotep extras. Oh yeah, and I was and as I was going through that, I'd read through the trivia on IMDb, and I swear the person who put it on IMDb got it exactly from that thing I was just watching. Oh, is that right? I'm dead serious. So I, I I just don't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Right. I don't I don't think that we have. <laughs> I mean I think it's fairly obvious. I mean I don't want to. Anyway, uh, let's see. Directed by Bruce Campbell, written by Mark Verheiden. IMDb gave this a six point seven. Uh, budget was one point five million. Starring Bruce Campbell as Bruce Campbell. Uh, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Grace Thorson is Kelly Graham. Taylor Sharp is Jeff. Ted Raimi is Mills Todner. Wing and is a sign painter. Ben L. McCain as the mayor. Ellen Sandweiss as Cheryl. And uh, Timoth- Timothy Patrick Quill as Frank. 
Um, and there were there are a few more. Actually, I wish I would have kind of made this list a little bit longer because there were actually a lot of people in this that uh, had been in past Bruce Campbell classics like Army of Darkness. And the funny thing is, is this movie was made for Bruce Campbell yeah. fans. Oh yeah. And the problem is, is I'm not. I'm, I don't think I I can watch this and really think if I wasn't a Bruce Campbell fan, yeah. if I would have liked this or not, I definitely wouldn't have got everything. Right, I right. don't think I would have liked it as much, but I mean, I still think it would have been good, but I think what pushed it over the edge for me was all the Bruce Campbell things. Oh. Since I know it's hilarious. It was so funny. Well, and the thing is, is it's like he was making fun of himself. Oh, he was making fun of his yeah. own career. Yeah. You know, he was, it, it, it was it was shameless yeah. plugging. What well, it was hilarious. So let's let me uh, read the synopsis. Four teenage kids from the tiny mining town of Goldlick vandalized the 19th century cemetery of Chinese laborers. I forgot. I forgot this part is great. Laborers. When one of them disturbs a demon who's been guarding the souls of a hundred workers killed in the cave-in, Jeff, the surviving teen, goes in search of his hero over the hill. B movie star Bruce Campbell. Jeff kidnaps the actor and brings him to Goldlick to save the town. Bruce thinks it's a birthday treat engineered by his agent, so he plays along, humoring the townsfolk and chatting up Jeff's unimpressed mom. Bodies pile up as the demon slashes. What will the sorry, boozy Bruce do when he realizes that Guan Di, the demon, is for real? That's a great question. (laughs) First of all, the, the, the first thing you notice about this movie is it says Bruce Campbell plays Bruce Campbell. But I think it's more like Bruce Campbell plays Ash as he would have been if none of that like yeah. evil dead stuff happened. Right. But he was a real person. Yeah. Working at S Mart or whatever. I mean he was <laughs> he was even he was supposedly an actor in this, but oh my gosh, did he play one of the funniest assholes, smart ass t- <clears throat> you know, ever. And it, it was just such a throwback to the to the evil dead where he's just this pompous asshole and it was hilarious. I could I seriously could watch it for hours he could go on uh, for hours and i will laugh every time he refers to a girl as sweet cakes and thinks he's going to get away with it yes <laughs> which is which is exactly pulled i swear right out of army of darkness when he's you know when they finally take him in and uh those two ladies are are, are uh, you know feeding him the grapes and yeah. whatever first you want to kiss me now you want to uh, first you want to kill me now you want to kiss me blow you know, he's, he's there at the barbecue Getting fed by two hot ladies, you know, <laughs> all the exact oh, same thing. It's awesome. Um, h- hilarious. Here, I, I just made one little note. I'm mm-hmm. going to throw away my notes here. I don't know if I dare to after Patrick's <laughs> thing. But uh, Ellen Sandweiss, who was the tree rape victim. Oh, yeah. Uh, was in this. Dan Hicks and Timothy Patrick Quill uh, were both in the Evil Dead trilogy. Uh, sorry, they were both in Army of Darkness. Okay, yeah, Sand- Sandweiss played Cheryl in the Evil Dead Hicks played Jake. Oh, that's right. He played Jake in the Evil Dead 2. And Quill played the blacksmith in Army of Darkness. You'll have my steel. That's his big line. I'm going to have to go watch that again. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. So, uh, I don't know. Did did we go too far into it to, to ask you how you liked it? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, this movie was so fun to watch. And, and the funny thing is, is I had watched this for the first time about a week before we decided to do this. And uh-huh. I went back and watched it, and I laughed again. I mean, I thought <laughs> the funniest part for me, and uh-huh. this is so stupid, 
But the funniest part for me is when uh, Bruce Campbell's sitting there listening to the mayor talk about what's going to happen on the slideshow. Yes. And he just gets bored. He's fake sleep and snoring. You know, he's trying to pick up on <laughs> Kelly Graham. And, and all of a sudden, he just gets bored and he looks over and the dude next to him sleeping. So he pulls out a straw out of the guy's drink, <laughs> puts, puts some paper in there and hits the mayor in the face with a spit wad. And then you see him put this, the straw back in the pocket, which wakes the guy up. And the guy pulls the straw out and looks. And Bruce Campbell's looking at him like, like what? what the hell? you doing man and the mayor gets mad at the guy and oh it is so the look on bruce campbell's face was so funny and i'll tell you what just the way that he delivered those lines oh he was just born for that well exactly for all the same reasons why everyone loves ash people are gonna love him in this oh yeah although it if you would never have seen ash in that would he have gotten away with this I don't think so. You well, know, ob- well, well. Let me, let me make that a little bit more clear because obviously, without movies like The Evil Dead, without movies like all all his other, you know, kind of halfway shitty Man with the Screaming Brain, you know, all all these other ones, without all those and without his reputation, this movie could never have been made. But well, as far as the character specifically, mm-hmm. I mean, this was Ash, right? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And only he could deliver those lines. It's the same thing. I mean, <clears throat> you look at the people that would get this movie. You know, he has his little roles in Spider-Man. Uh-huh. You're not going to laugh at him. No. I mean, he was he was pretty funny in the third one when he was the waiter. Yeah. You, but- you'd get that. But unless you know Bruce Kent, like when he's the usher, yeah. I mean, you would laugh your head off at him knowing what he's done right. when you see those. So. I don't know. I thought it was a well-crafted story. You know, it's just so over the top. Well, and, and that is exactly exactly right. The first scene, we're treated to these two do these two like goth slash emo kids show up to this uh, graveyard slash mine where all these Chinese laborers supposedly died. Um, they they wake up Guandi, who is the uh, Chinese god of uh, bean curd, yeah. protecting bean curd. Yeah, but, which is uh, tofu. I learned. You know, I did not know that. I didn't know that until watching the movie. That is something I learned, though. That's, that's weird that... Uh, hmm. oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a big tofu eater. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to give you a little a little opening to the movie, it starts off with these two guys. One of them's a huge Bruce Campbell fan, dropping all these Bruce Campbell references, movies. You know, he's the greatest. He's using blah, blah, blah. lines. Yeah, all this stuff. Um but, you know, so you're like, okay, so this this is what we're in for. But you don't really know what you're in for until they meet these two girls. They're, you know, and they start, you know, one one of the... Big Debbie and Little Debbie or something Big like Debbie that. and Little... Exactly. <laughs> these, these like... It, it's almost like me, Mini-Me and Dr. Evil yeah, almost. Yeah. But I'm not really that bad, but still. The main guy, Jeff's friend, says, you know, what? I can't remember what he said, but he said something hilarious like... I'm about to go uh a human fly. I mean, on. Human fly, yeah, I'm Big Debbie or something like that. So they end up making out. He's he's you know grabbing her boob. Uh Gwandi comes out, chops his hand off, and yet the hand stays on the boob. <laughs> you know, if if that's not uh how do you do for this movie? I do not know what is, but it's awesome. Uh you know, you get more into the uh the story Bruce Campbell's making a movie called Cave Alien, which is just obviously... It's two. Cave Alien uh, oh, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Is there, and I, I didn't look. Is there a Cave Alien that he was in? He had to have been in the first one. Uh, there's no movie Cave Alien. There is not it, It's okay. fake. Okay. It's completely fake. They actually had a Fangoria with Cave Alien on it oh. that was a fake. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, so he's making Cave Alien 2. Just a pile of crap. By the way, have you ever seen Alien Apocalypse with him in it? No. Oh, my gosh. It is awful. He kicks ass in it. 
but it is the biggest sci-fi piece of shit, you know, sci-fi channel piece of shit that I have. Like, it's funny. I almost turned off a Bruce Campbell movie. You know, by the way, real quick on that, mm-hmm. I was on demand on my Comcast, and uh-huh. they have Bruce Campbell on right now on demand. I know. I saw, and I, in fact, I, I, uh, it was, I was like, wow, this, this was from heaven that we decided to yeah. do this this week. Because yeah. I watched all those interviews and stuff like that. There are a ton of interviews with him on uh, YouTube as well. Oh, really? And they're all hilarious. I've got to watch those. So, yeah, get on there, search for those. But, uh, so he's making this, uh, this this B movie, he's acting like like a, like a dumbass. Some funny, you know. There, there's all sorts of funny parts, and we if we were to talk about every funny part, like that big fat guy doing know, the lemon water, just taking a leak <laughs> in this so bottle sick. for the lemon water. Yeah, hey, this is warm. You know, whatever. But uh, it, this would take forever. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of comes out and, and talks about how he treats his fans. Like, yeah. You know, he comes out signs that they're asking him all these dumbass questions. Sign and, one for Gerard. The guy's like, it's with a G. He's so Bruce fixed it. And then he goes, all right, Gerard. <laughs> of course, Gerard's sitting in a wheelchair and asking all these questions. And, and the best thing he could come up with was, uh, hey, have you ever seen Rawhide? Well, yeah. Well, you know we got to keep them doggies rolling. And he kicks he kicks out the guy in the in the uh, wheelchair under the street. But, you know, that, that's just kind of how he is. He goes, he lives in this dump of a, of a trailer basically alcoholic kind of waste and whatever and then, and that's his what, dog Sam and Rob <laughs> exactly Sam and Rob yeah that's a yeah. that's a thinly veiled reference but the thing is is don't you think that that's what Ash would be doing if he like worked at Smart yeah. yeah absolutely and you know never had the army of darkness trilogy or evil dead trilogy uh, yeah. uh, adventures he would be he would be in that same damn trailer living by himself with ex-wives and all sorts of you know just being a dumbass and that is what i think is one of the funniest things about it i mean i'm not going to say it took a lot of balls for him to do this but you have to be a pretty big man to be able to laugh at yourself like that i don't you know? that's just the type of guy he is I, and he knows what he is he's successful because of that do you think you would ever see like a kevin bacon or no. a johnny depp or do, playing themselves. Johnny, Johnny Depp would, you know, we had a glimpse of that in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when he came back and did the drug commercial on the TV. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, I could see him having a funny streak well, to do that. Kevin Bacon, no way. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that take themselves, like Keanu Reeves, no way. They just take themselves way too serious to do that. Bruce Campbell knows where his roots are, and that's why people love him. Well, plus he made this for the, his fans. Oh, I yeah. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. And I, I can't remember what it was. They, they made this movie... I, I can't remember what it was, but it's so geared towards this niche audience yeah. that they're. They, they, I can't remember what interview I saw it on. Maybe it was on demand, or maybe it was on YouTube. But he's like, "Listen, we knew who we were making this for, and yeah. we made it for him, and everyone else can kiss my ass." That's but, right. Type type of thing, and the, and that's exactly what. Well, came and out. he's not afraid to to poke fun at anything because there was another part that I laughed so hard when he's when they're marching up the hill and he still thinks that this is oh. some big huge story uh-huh. and all of a sudden he's on the radio and here's some dude he's like teasing him he's like hey he's right behind him the dude's like where where oh my gosh <laughs> and the dude comes back and starts screaming like he's gonna get killed because obviously he's getting chopped up with right. guy Wandy Bruce Campbell goes hey give it a rest Shatner <laughs> <laughs> I could not. Oh my gosh, so funny! You know, okay, so this whole movie, and uh, well, let, let, let me just say a couple more things. So he goes there, he gets kidnapped by this kid, who takes him to Gold Lick. He he thinks he's there because of some birthday surprise from from his uh, agent. Agent, sorry, I can remember that word. But uh, you know, and so he's like, oh, we're you know, so he plays along with it, and then he you know he he gets into it. But uh, have you ever seen the movie Galaxy Quest? Yeah. 
This is Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah, for Bruce Campbell. Yes, and it, it's a little bit of Galaxy Quest slash The Man Who Knew Too Little. Mm. You ever seen that yep. with? Uh, I freak that movie's hilarious. Yeah, too. but uh, it, it, if if Bruce Campbell was in The Man Who Knew Too Little, which I think he could have been. Mm-hmm. You know, he could even bid that dude with the giant eyebrows as little brother. I can't remember his name. He could have been in that movie. He could have done a great job. This is that movie, and I I don't know the. The only problem with it is, yeah, okay, so we finally find out that, uh, you know, he finds out that Gwandi is real, you know, and he freaks out, leaves, and then, you know, of course, then there's the, the you know, the moral of the story. The kid's going to go out and throw his, his life away, and he's going to die trying to fight this Gwandi. So he goes back and helps him, you know, and, and whatever. But And that and that's kind of where it slowed down a little bit for me. I mean, the, the, the comedy, I mean, the comedy didn't stop, but the comedy kind of became a different kind of comedy mm-hmm. a little bit. I still love this movie. Well, you had to end it, and and that's <clears throat> well. You have to have the conflict. You have to end it, and you have to end it in Bruce Campbell style. But <clears throat> you're right; it did it did slow down. It a little slowed bit right down there. a little bit. I'm not going to say it, it. It still wasn't great. Yeah. But it, it it just went so. It was so funny for so long, and then it goes into this final conflict and all this stuff. Anyway, you know, it, it kind of it got But luckily, bit. I was timing it, and that really is, I mean, they sum it up really quickly. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, like yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Really, from that part on to, to, to uh-huh. really getting the movie over is 15 well, minutes. Well, and, I, and I, I think that was on purpose. I mean, I yeah. don't think they, I think that was like, okay, well, you know, I think we've we, done we've it. Done it. Let, let, let's finish this movie up, whatever. And they hit as many points as they could as fast as they could. Yeah. But the song, dude, that song. The Gwandi song. Got stuck in my head. I could not stop singing it for days. Well, they kept playing it, which well, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It was hilarious. It was funny. I don't know. I definitely give this movie a buy. Not not quite a bone saw. I give it a bone but saw. I, but I'll give it a buy. I give it a bone saw. I just, I loved, this This just made me laugh. I was just laughing, and it was just awesome. You know what? Unfortunately, I do not have the full DVD of this. And I wonder what extras are on there, because I would be very interested in watching those. I'm going to have to look for it. I'm going to go out there. Oh, I guess I get it on Netflix. But anyways, cool. What'd you nice. learn? So only <laughs> only a couple things. Uh, Bruce Campbell line should only be delivered by Bruce Campbell. At the first, the kid's like, give me some sugar, baby. And it's oh, just yeah. not. Right. I mean, he just has a talent for that. <laughs> uh, Guan D tried out for the Power Rangers, and he was cut right, right That's there. That's a bummer, end. too, because he yeah. looked good. And then being Curtis Tofu. And the only thing that I that uh, who else said that? Check the obituaries; you'll find my career there. That was Kevin Bacon. <laughs> no memory count. I mean, do I have to? The Kevin you can Bacon, remind me every time. The Kevin Bacon thing. Yeah, you can remind me every this time. This is becoming a recurring theme. Yes. I'm okay with it. I am okay with that. This is lo- just this is like Stephen with Eli Roth. I now have a bone pick, bone to pick. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> I have a bone to pick with Kevin Bacon. I just I hate people that forget where their roots are, where they come from. Ooh. I would. I, I hate him. I would like to see you in the ring against Kevin Bacon. I would kill that scrawny little. I think you would. That would kid. be awesome. I would destroy Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Even if he went hollow man on me and tried to rape me, I would still kill him. You know what would be cool? Do me a favor. If he does that and he tries to rape you, let us look at when he's like cupping your boob. Let us see his hand, but his hand's not there. You see what I'm saying? I'll get Rona Mitra to stand in for me. How's that? You should have seen the look on Mike's face when I said that. So, Kevin Bacon, if you're listening or anybody knows Kevin Bacon, I'm now picking a fight with you 
You're just trying to steal Steven's shtick now. I hate you, Kevin Bacon. Who does I hate you. I hate you, except for when you're in an awesome movie like Stir of Echoes that I love. I, I still I like the movie, but I forget that you're Kevin Bacon because you're a douche. Because well, he's such a great actor? or Because he's a douche. Okay, all right. Proud member of the Douchebag Podcasting Network. Podcasting? What the fuck is that bullshit? City night is a wire, steam in the subway, earth is a fire. Woman, you want me, give me a sign and catch my breathing even closer behind. Do, 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 do. In touch with the ground I'm on the hunt I'm after you Smell like a sound I'm lost in a crowd And I'm hungry Like a wolf Alright, and for the last movie that we're going to be talking about this episode is The Juggernaut Bubba Hotep Home. You were an Elvis impersonator. You fell off a stage and broke your hip? Who was it? 20 years ago. That's where they took a piece of my brain. I got a little bag of sand up there now. Jack, President Kennedy was a white man. They dyed me this color. 
What we have yet, Shady Rest, is an Egyptian soul sucker of some sort. Some kind of Bubba Hotep. You know, a mummy hiding out, feeding on the sleeping. He can just keep on feeding, unless he's finally destroyed. Stop on you, baby. <laughs> How'd you like that? I like that word. Because you've got jugs and you've almost got nuts in the same word. That's the only it's the only word in the English language that, that has that. Listen, after that after that voicemail where we missed a couple of, of uh spots where we could have made dick jokes, you are sharp. You are gonna make sure that we get the rest of these. Because I'll tell you what. Between juggernauts, I pick jugs. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, Bubba Hotep came out in 2002, directed by Don Cossarelli, uh, who also did the Phantasm movies, all four of them. I knew that. Uh, you remember the Beastmaster? Yeah, Here's, the Beastmaster. He did Mark Singer in that damn, what do you call that thing? Uh... uh Loincloth? Yeah. Oh my freaking hell. I can't believe they played that on TNT for six years straight. Dude. They did, did t- too. They did. And you know what? For me, they would have had, had to have a loin quilt. Right. <laughs> Only because your two weasels in your pocket would be like overweight because you, you'd <laughs> feed them too much or, or something. I just don't get you as a big animal lover and you would probably over overfeed them. I have a problem with you. Overfeed the animals? No, yeah. just help them over the fence. <laughs> It's getting late, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, written by Joe R. Lansdale, and uh, uh, Don Costarelli actually did the screenplay. Um, the IMDb gave this a 7.4. Uh, the budget, the Wikipedia says it was $1 million, but as I was watching these, um, uh, the extras, or uh, what was it called, like the making of documentary on the disc, it was saying, he, uh, Don Costarelli said that he made it for a, a half a million. I wouldn't so, doubt it. I mean, there's really not that much involved the, with it. The, the thing is, is this this movie to me had just as much crap in it as is uh, Sundown and uh, My Name Is Bruce, and those all had a million and a half. You yeah. know, so over a million and a half for Sundown. What was that? Two point eight million. Um, let's see. The starred uh, Bruce Campbell as Elvis, Ossie Davis as Jack. Now, let me ask you something. Jack in this movie is JFK, right? Yeah. Am I uh, and I may be a dumbass and not know my history, but wasn't he John F. Kennedy? Well, yeah, except for I think his nickname was Jack for some reason. I've never been able to figure that out. Huh? I don't know why they call him Jack. I don't. I don't understand why that, but but they did for some reason. Well, and and because the thing is, I thought, well, maybe they're talking about one of his brothers. But in the extras, Don Cosarelli said, "Oh, we have a black guy playing JFK," and I was like, "Ooh." Yeah. 
So it is JFK, and they talked about Dallas, and they had a picture of... Uh, well, it's John of, F. Um, Kennedy, but his nickname was Jack. Why? I don't know. Well, I mean, okay. Um, Ella Joyce played the nurse. Uh, Heidi Marnhout played Callie. And Bob... I <laughs> You love Callie. And, Hi- and uh, Bob Ivey played Bubba Hotep. Um, synopsis. Based on the Bram Stoker Award nominee short story by cult author... Joe R. Lansdale, I think Joe R. Lansdale actually wrote this synopsis for us. Uh, Bubba Hotep tells the true quote-unquote story of what really did become of Elvis Presley. We find Elvis and an el- as an elderly resident of an East Texas rest home who switched identities with an Elvis impersonator years before his death and then missed his chance to switch back. Elvis teams up with Jack, a fellow nursing home resident who thinks that he is actually President John F. Kennedy. Uh, and the two valiant old codgers sally forth to battle an evil Egyptian entity who has chosen their long-term care facility and his happy as his happy hunting grounds. I love this freaking movie. Yeah, I thought this was good. I, this was another one that I watched twice because you hear, oh, Bubba Hotep was so, so great. This is not typical Bruce Campbell, but this is talented Bruce Campbell. This is, this is you know, he... He did a great job of making me believe that that was Elvis. And he had some funny stuff in there, but it wasn't the, the one-line zingers. He was Listen, definitely playing Elvis. Again, this... Okay, and we were talking about this before we started recording. It's like, okay, if I were to go to my wife and say, Honey, we're going to go out and watch a movie. Well, what's it about? What, what, what's the synopsis? Bruce Campbell plays Elvis in an elder, you know, an old folks home. And Ossie Davis plays JFK. And they fight a... Mummy, who is kind of a redneck mummy, and you know, and they fight off the old. That you know, that kind of would scream Evil Dead esque. You know, evil, you know, well, it'd be jokey, like, whatever. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Not gonna, that's stupid. But the thing is, is this movie what? That's that. If that's all you get from this movie, you have sold yourself short. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is and, and actually, I was on the forums today, and Fake Larry posted something here. He said the first time he saw this, he, he he didn't really like it as much as you know as everybody was giving it credit for. It took him until his second time mm-hmm. until he really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what, I hadn't seen this movie in quite a while. Now I liked this movie before, but I think that this time it really clicked with me, and I really I really got it for whatever reason. I, and I I think I can speak to that because I watched it two times in a week. Oh yeah. The first time I really didn't. I th- I kept waiting for something to happen. Uh huh. And then I saw how it ended. So when I watched it the second time, I could enjoy kind of the ride of what the inner um, struggle was that was going on with with Elvis and the oh, way yeah. that he talked to himself. So I could I could I could sit down and relax because I knew how it was going to end, and I actually got a lot of the stuff that he was talking about, and it really it really hit home because I already knew how it was going to end. Well, completely. the th- The thing is, is uh, I think, and I and I kind of fell for the same you know type of. Oh, this is a, a, a hilarious movie yeah. with Bruce Campbell in it. You know, it's about him and this this uh, cancerous growth on his wiener. Yeah. You know, when, but the thing is, this was actually a fairly deep movie. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you that this, you know, that this is gonna. It just touched on a lot of themes that I I think I completely missed the first time. Yeah. First of all, in in one of the main topics in in. I, I mean I didn't I I don't think I missed it the first time but I don't think it really hit me is the fact that uh, getting old freaking sucks yeah and you know whatever it takes to kind of how, how he you know uh, staying young and you know and, and whatever is hard 
And sometimes, you know, people give up on it and whatever, but every once in a while something will come up that will kind of give you that motivation, you know, to get a boner in uh, Elvis's case. But, you know, but to actually have that lust for life again. I mean, you know, that was almost, uh, it wasn't like necessarily, it didn't depress me, but it was kind of a depressing theme, which I think definitely helped the whole movie along because, I mean, here here we have these two elderly uh, gentlemen who start off and they're just kind of bummed out. They have nothing to look forward to. But throughout their adventure, you know, you can kind of see spark of life and they're getting up and out more and stuff like that. You know, it was actually pretty kind of a, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it was so inspiring or anything like that. But it was it was kind of good to see. You know, it was, it was a whole sub subtext there that I definitely did not really pick up on the first right. time. Right. Although, I uh-huh. must say that part of that subtext ruined my favorite lunch when he was getting his shaft cranked <laughs> the noise of that ointment going up and down his shaft sounded just like mixing tuna fish and i can never <laughs> i can't eat it you know, actually had a tuna fish sandwich from quiznos today for lunch dude if you were to mix the tuna fish with the mayonnaise luckily or the Whip, luckily oh, oh my gosh in. no shit <laughs> but that's exactly what that sounded like it was over for me no more tuna fish. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Um, and, and another, uh, I'm going to get off the serious stuff first. Another, another kind of theme of this was um, companionship. You know, he also, you know, he talks about how he. I mean, this goes along with getting old, but it's like, well, nobody comes and visits him anymore. Uh, he, we have his roommate, whose daughter has seen him has seen him once in the last three years, and that was when she dropped him off. You know, and kind of how depressing is that? And then he started thinking, well, you know what. What if uh, Lisa Marie were to come? Would she come mm-hmm. if she were if she were to know I was alive? You know, would she care? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean that, and that, that it kind of gives a depth to the character that, uh, that you know I don't think could be achieved by just being a you know a smarmy asshole. Yeah. You know, like like you know my name is Bruce was you know type of thing because there was no emotional depth in my name is Bruce. Yeah. Let, let, let's be let's be clear on that, but. Uh, so basically, I mean, the story goes, there's these two guys that kind of team up because all these weird things are happening. Ends up that they're, and I'm going to give the really short, you know, thing here because I, the short synopsis here, because I don't, I mean, I don't know how deep we want to go into it because this is definitely something if you haven't seen, uh, you definitely need to see it. I think we could talk about My Name is Bruce from start to no, finish right. and not ruin the movie. Right. Whereas this, we, I mean, I, I'm not saying the ending is so great, but I think there's a lot of jokes and things that I don't want to ruin. There's a lot of um, lines that are said that are that are priceless by right. by both by by both uh, Ossie Davis and Bruce Campbell. I think that there are actually a lot of uh, you know, discussions that they have that if we were to sit and talk about that it would ruin it for you yeah. know that it would ruin it for people. And I definitely don't want to do that. I would say though, along with that, that you need to watch this movie twice. And it's for the reasons we talked about. No, and, and, I, and give it some space. Watch it. Enjoy it. But then go back and watch it again and listen to all that stuff that goes on in between. I, I completely agree. And the thing is, unlike Sam, I mean, it's been years since I've seen this movie. You know, at least a year. I don't know. If you've, if you've only seen it once, I would say take another shot at yeah. it. Because now that you know the storyline and what's going on, uh, you know, you're going to – you're. I think you're going to see a little bit more into it than – than uh, you know what you did before. So we got these two old guys in this convalescent home. Which, by the way, I worked in a convalescent home for eight hours. You did? Yes. My sister worked there. She oh, said, "Oh, yeah. come come work with us. You know, it's great. It'll be so much fun." So I went there. I got. I had to get my ass to work by six a.m. 
I knew by 6.15 that I was going to quit, but I decided to finish out that day. And uh, the reason being is because I saw... I mean, this was the worst convo- This was the worst convalescent home in here. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see them bathing the old people. But I walked by this room with this giant shower in it, and there's some old guy sitting in a chair getting sprayed down, and he was freezing, and he's just like, oh, you know, and I'm just like, holy shit. I won't even get into what else I saw there, but that that was the, that was the first moment I I realized that I was not going to work there anymore. That's not the first time you've done that. <laughs> I never did that. I just saw it. No, that's not the first time you quit after one day. What was the other one? <laughs> we both got a job selling Cutco knives. <laughs> oh, you! <laughs> I forgot about that. So yeah, well that that was like a. That was like a scam to get us to go sell knives. That wasn't dude. a scam, dude. That it, wasn't, was, it wasn't a scam. We can make 12 bucks an hour. Oh, my gosh. We were so So dope. we show up, and there's like 30 people in these interviews. And, and they're all like old room. dudes. Yeah, they're like old people, and they're talking. We don't have any sales experience. No. So we show up, and so this guy, he's pulling people into the room. He's like, we'd like to offer you the job. We're going to offer you and your friend and one other guy the job. <laughs> yeah. And then they told we didn't us, even need to see those guys. We, they told us that we were going to have to go sell knives to our family and friends. We're like, what? Or, what? <laughs> so then they wanted to come have us come in for all-day training the next day, and it was there was a BYU football game on. I thought we went fishing. We did. Oh. <laughs> but I think we got home in time for the game at like 4 o'clock in oh, the afternoon. Sweet. So we, we went and put a note at 5 o'clock in the morning on the front door, even though their suite was like on the Why fourth floor. Why did we do that? Hey, by the way, we decided that uh, we can't give notice that fast to our our employer right now. So we're just going to stay where we're Why right. did we have this sick sense of responsibility to tell them and just and just not show up? Because <laughs> we're responsible wow. youth. We, we, People know way too much about us now. <laughs> yeah, that we quit a lot of... Uh, we're, we're dumbasses. Um, so... Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I was just getting over the synopsis a little bit more in detail. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, so we get there. They find out that uh, a mummy that was in this traveling exhibit gets... Uh, caught in a storm. The bus that was carrying it gets caught in a storm and it gets dumped over. So basically, this mummy's here, and uh, he the way to take the way to live he has to live is he has to he has to uh, take souls from people. And when I say take, I mean suck. And when I say suck, I mean from any major orifice in their body. And when I say any major orifice in their body, I mean their butthole. And that is that is. Thanks for putting uh, that gently. Yeah, thanks for doing that. <laughs> yeah. that's one of the funniest conversations ever. When Ozzy Davis says the word "butthole," <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I about died laughing. But uh, okay, so you know, and, and basically they, they end up talking about. First of all, they have like a they they find that out because Ozzy Davis happens to have this book about all all to know about mummies, and I, I, I he you know. There's a good reason for it there. I mean, I'm not saying he just like, oh my gosh, look, I've been reading this for 50 years, whatever. I mean, it all fits into the story. Uh, we find out that uh, the mummy may be better off if he actually sucked the souls from uh, younger people, people with more life. But uh, they determined that he liked to be around the old folks' home because even though that uh, he wouldn't get as much juice off every life, there there were easy pickings, mm-hmm. and nobody would ask questions if uh, you know old people were getting knocked off because uh you know they're gonna die anyway he said that one of the this is kind of depressing one of the reasons that they put him in this old folks home is to so uh somebody can take care of him until they die yeah so anyway basically the rest of the movie is uh aussie davis and bruce campbell plotting 
and overcoming their, you know, a lot of things in, in their, you know, physical as far as mental, in their, you know, in their, in their, in their personal lives to overcome this and to take on this mummy and to, well, I won't spoil it. But anyway, hilarious movie, also deep at the same time. One, the one thing I, I definitely don't want to forget is um, the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Now, I actually like this soundtrack so much that I, that I wrote it down. And, you know, I typically don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know why, but I don't seem to notice a lot of the soundtracks unless something really stands out to me. Brian Tyler, uh, who did, who, who's done a bunch of soundtracks, uh, Darkness Falls, Constantine, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, and uh, the new Final Destination coming out. He did a great job on this. There, and there was kind of a, almost a uh, John Carpenter's vampire, you know, at the end when, when it's kind of the, not the boom, boom, boom music, but, but oh, kind yeah. of at the end when it's, you know, when it, whatever. It just reminded me of that. And uh, excellent soundtrack. Um, this guy actually, uh, I was watching on these extras. Man, see, when I watch all these extras, I have so much information yeah, to share good. with everybody. It's good. But You're not just ripping it off Wikipedia or IMDb. Oh, um. yeah, um, but it's all up there anyways. <laughs> so I guess I could have saved myself some time. No, but basically this guy um, wrote all the music and played all the instruments for it and all that stuff. And I guess that's uh, probably how it's done a lot yeah. of the time. But uh, it was awesome to see it. You know, it was awesome to see him in action. Awesome soundtrack. Really enjoyed it. There was a lot of reflection in this movie. Elvis had a lot of time to talk to himself, you know. And uh, during a lot of those reflection uh, moments was was when this soundtrack really came mm-hmm. out. And, you know, it was almost inspirational at times, when, especially when he was telling the story of, like, you know, here, I'm Elvis, and I met this Elvis impersonator. So, you know, we're going to switch places, you know, and then... And then, uh, so they switch. It worked out. Everybody thought that the impersonator was Elvis and vice versa. Well, it all made sense. It did. I mean, it was believable. It worked out. It definitely worked out. And it was, it was kind of cool to see that, yeah, I mean, I know this is just a stupid-ass movie, but it, it was kind of nice to see, yeah, Elvis was here. And you know what? He, uh, you know, the simple things in life are still worth something yeah. to him, you know? That, that you have regrets, but you deal with stuff and get up in the morning because you have something to live for anyway. You know, and the thing is, this is, and that's exactly what I'm talking about when when I say that there's that other layer of, to this movie that I didn't get the first time. Right. And basically, the, fir- the first time I watched this, I, 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 I don't know what was wrong, but like I said, I just said, hi, it's a, a mummy movie about some... Two crazy old dudes, one with cancerous pussy wiener uh, problems, and they kill a mummy. You yeah. Know? But that, but honestly, that that is that goes on, but that is not the story. Right. You know, it's great. Anyways, that's that's kind of all I have to say, except for they are making Bubba Nosferatu, a prequel to this movie, and but Bruce Campbell's not going to be in it. He Ron Perlman is actually going to play. Oh, really? And Paul Giamatti's in it too. He's but, pretty good. I like that I like guy. Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Like, apparently, Bruce Campbell and Don Cossarelli couldn't agree on what the movie should be about, which, you know what? That makes sense to me. I read this before, and I wrote that down before I watched the movie, but when I watched this movie, it's like, you know what? This movie was about a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know? And I can see where, yeah, on the surface, this synopsis is really simple again, but, you know, I could see where creative differences could come in and there could, it could be it could change the whole movie because i swear to you the second time i watched this i was watching a different movie than the, the movie i watched the first time 
Uh, one other, I, I know I'm talking a lot, sorry, but uh, one last thing. K&B Effects agreed to do this, uh, make the Bubba Hotep costume uh, just for cost, as a favor to Don Casarelli, which is really cool. K&B Effects is one of the best in the business. We all know who they are and what they've done. But uh, anyhow, that's about all. Let's see. Look, Patrick. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Very informative. Yeah, good, good movie. I. I give this a bone saw without a doubt. I give this a buy. You know the thing is, is um, I think the first time I watched this, I, I may have given this a low buy, but uh, after watching it a second time, I give it a bone saw. I absolutely love this movie, and I, I give it a. So buy, we flip flopped. Like yeah, we flip flopped. We did on that. Oh, my, oh, my name is Bruce. Yeah, okay, cool. No, but it's, it's a high cool. buy. It's a no, great I, show. You know the thing is, I'll tell you what that. Um, I, I know. I know. We say this every episode, but uh, I was in more of a somber mood this uh-huh. whole damn week. And, you know, as I watched this, in a, you know, I, w- I was kind of in the, the more of a, not, I wasn't like being a puss, but I was being like more emotional and, you know, and whatever. And I think that that's why this spoke to me a little more. And I think that's why probably why I got into the, the soundtrack a little bit more because it really amped up those, uh, you know, the serious reflective parts mm-hmm. of this movie. So. And I think that with me, I watched Bubba Hotep first and I was in the mood for something that was silly, like the My Name is Bruce. Oh, there you go. So then when I watched My Name is Bruce, I'm like, yeah, this is what I need. Yeah. This is oh, what I like. So, you yeah, know what? And, and I'll tell you what, the, the, the difference between these two movies as far as quality goes is so little. My only bummer, like I said, with Bru- with My Name is Bruce is the ending was a little slow. Mm-hmm. But I... Yeah, I will watch both of these movies yeah. over and over. Right. Sundown, not so much. I no. probably won't watch that again. <laughs> we should. Oh, by the way, uh, we did have somebody win the last death scene. That's good. I have I have stuff for this movie. Oh, I have to hurry and go through that. Oh, other oh, stuff. oh I apologize. No, that's good. Damn. But we have a, a memory count of two. It was flashbacks. It was awesome. Egyptian titty. Egyptian. Yeah, not something you see every day. <laughs> Unless you're um, in Egypt <laughs> and work at a strip club. <laughs> Uh, what did I learn? Having a growth on the tip of your junk speeds up time. It was a weird. I don't know how that worked, but it was kind of weird. <laughs> a little time effect, yeah. And then nurses think medical boners are funny. <laughs> Mister, you, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and also, uh, mummies are salad tossers. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't get my soul through my butthole. <laughs> Uh, who else said that? Uh, man, if souls were fire, they couldn't burn much lower than in here. That's a self-assessment of the Church of Scientology. Boom. Wow. Oh, snap. Uh, Jack, do you know what the hell we're doing? That was uh, Jill when Jack was helping her over the fence. <laughs> and the last one, he crapped soul residue. And that was uh, James Brown's eulogy. <laughs> oh, Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> all right. So there we go. Uh, all right. Well, I just wanted to throw a congrats out to Johnny from Oklahoma who gave us a couple of really awesome voicemails today. We're going to be sending out that uh, Friday the 13th Killer Cut data, digital, excuse me, digital version to you. Uh, I was really lazy and haven't done it yet. I do have your address, and it is on its way. Nice. Now, just so you know, we're going to put in a death scene right here. But it is of a movie that not only have I not seen, I have never heard of. Uh, Florida Possum is the evil genius behind this one. Um, this is, I think it's going to be another kick to the balls one, but I guess we'll see. But uh, we're going to go ahead and put that in right here.
don't believe this. So I was just asking Mike where Florida Possum was. She doesn't call her. She called to scold me about 420 once, and that was the only time we heard from her. You know, She's called it, Corey's show all the time. I've got Flopo Envy. Well, well, Corey has a much higher quality show. Well, that's a good point. I <laughs> guess I should not expect any less. But uh, By the way, I really we, we got actually quite a few iTunes reviews, and all good. This we didn't last, get a one-star game. No, one? we did oh, not okay, get good. a one-star. Okay. This last, well, we we did, but not not in the, the last little while. Uh, I want to thank everyone for doing that. There have been people voting for us on Podcast Alley. Podcast Alley. We urge you to do that. We appreciate all votes. And uh, man, it's just a big love fest in here, isn't it? Love. The uh, Podcast Alley link, by the way, is on our side. Go ahead and go up there and vote for us. Uh, Check us out on Examiner. Oh yeah, got got Check links that there out. too. We're, we're trying to branch out a little bit, and uh, you know, try try and tell your friends about that, just so we can get our name out there a little more. That'd about be awesome. It. You know what? Actually, did I mention that I did an, uh, an interview with um, the the Mario from Salty? You did mention Salty that. Uh, Horror Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Basically, he actually told me that uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a movie that is that is popular here in Utah named God's Army. The the director of that actually contacted him after reading my examiner article, and he's gonna he has a horror movie. And he's gonna submit it to that. How about that? That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, just so you know, we, within the next couple of weeks, I'm probably gonna put out uh, through the feed an interview with this interview with Mario, just because uh, here he is. He's a an independent guy. He's gonna try to put together a horror film festival in Salt Lake City, Utah, which kicks so much ass. You guys don't even realize it. Um, he's got a lot of great ideas. We talked about him on the interview. Uh, we're, and this isn't for people, just, just for people from Utah, the, the whole, uh, I mean, it's for any independent horror director, you know, you know, to get their movie and to get it out there to get it, uh, you know, people, you know, get a little exposure for it. Anyway, so that so expect that. I'm not sure exactly when that'll get out. Depends on how much time I have. Uh, but go ahead and visit cadaverlab.com. In the meantime, uh, we'll try to make sure to keep the uh, keep up any news, anything going on, up to date on there. Uh, shoot us an email. You can you can send one to feedback at uh, cadaverlab.com. Mike at cadaverlab.com. Don't grin at me, you son of a bitch. What? And Sam at cadaverlab.com. Also, do you see do you see the the quality of voicemails we get? Yeah. It kicks so much ass. Yeah. And even though we got wasted this week, <laughs> we encourage you to call in. And and you know what? You don't have to kiss our ass to get your voicemail played. You just have to have something worthwhile to say. Actually, if you just leave a message. <laughs> I was, was going to say. <laughs> what? We, we pretty much play everything. So uh, Except for uh, Metal Mikey's, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That got lost from the shuffle. But other than that, uh, yeah, pretty much anything gets played. So give us a call at 206-339-2730. That is 206-339-2730. And uh, I guess that's it. Got anything else, man? No. All right. So from the Cadaver Lab, we will see you later. Later.